Cherry Pop Horror. Hello, 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 and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror, the horror movie podcast where it's always someone's first time. I'm Jacob, and in this show we tackle all things horror, be they your classic slashes, gore fests, monster flicks, kids horror, animated, basically, if it's got enough horror themes to it, we'll give it a watch. If you've seen the movie before, just sit back and relax. If not, don't worry, we're going to be running through the plot, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just generally having a good laugh. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, send us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. That's all one word. All right, here we go. I feel the icy breath of death upon my neck. the ground on which you stand. Wendy! I'm the floor is quicker than the sand. She's still the road stand what you're dealing with, Steve. I'm learning. Perfect. All goes Bird! They're under the ground! They're under the species were fundamentally insane. Can I speak to Annabelle? One, two of us in a room would pick sides and start dreaming up reasons to kill one another. I'm sorry? the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. I hadn't really thought about it until recently, but I had a lot of books when I was growing up. And although I considered my love of reading something that came to me in my 20s, I guess it's always kind of been there. From Captain Underpants to The Secret Garden, from a series of unfortunate events to a ladybug collection of Hans Christian Andersen fairy tales. There's something beautiful about turning each page of a novel and finding a new piece of magic in those next words. That's the wonder of a story. That's the power of taking a moment of fantasy. Hello, Chelsea, and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror. What's your favourite fairy tale? Hi. Um, <laughs> Cinderella, I guess. You guess? Yeah, I guess. Not that cute on Cinderella? No, not really. <laughs> but, like, in my defence, I grew up with it, so, yeah, I'll just say Cinderella. You'll say Cinderella. Yeah. Are we, now, do you want to go the Disneyfied version, or do you want to go the, like, grim fairy tale where they're, like... The grim fairy tale. Where they, like, cut yeah. off their toes and their heels yeah, and, like... Yeah, literally. <laughs> Wait, doesn't that end with Cinderella, like... Having a stepsister's eyes uh-huh. pecked out by birds or something like exactly. that? Exactly. See? I love it. Beautiful. That's Beautiful. way better I've than read, the Disney yeah, one. Yeah, Disney just, like, <laughs> fucked it up. Like, She's just oh, like, oh, and now she marries a rich prince. Literally. What every girl wants. Literally. And the, the original one's just like, and then she gets revenge. Yeah, I know. It's like, come on, stop twisting the fairy tale, you know? Oh, my God. Love it. I love um, Hansel and Gretel. Oh, I was going to say that too, but I, I don't know. They would say, I, like... Yeah, I'm the witch or something. <laughs> I just couldn't. I'm like, yeah. It's so good. I, again, I love the, like, gritty version mm. with her, like, boiling alive in the oven yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, that's fucking metal. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and a house made of, like, gingerbread. That sounds great. I hate gingerbread, but, yeah, that's every kid's Wait, dream, I guess. Why do you hate gingerbread? I just, my stomach just doesn't agree with it. Is, Even, it, the, is it just the ginger in general? Yeah, like... You don't I have know. ginger with sushi or anything like no, that? No, ginger is fine, but just, like, in a baked form. It's just doesn't oh, agree with my stomach. It's so weird. That's, like, that's yeah. very odd. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, ginger. Just no. in a baked just pickle, form. Yeah, pickled ginger, crystallized ginger, absolutely fine. Literally. A literally. ginger cookie, and I will vomit. <laughs> and I will vomit. Oh, my God. Well, our movie this week is very much like a fairy tale, because this week it was Chelsea's first time... Watching 2006's Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh. 
in a dark time when hope was bleak there lived a young girl whose only escape was in a legend that wanted her back Legend speaks of the lost soul of a princess from another world who will one day be reborn. There will be signs that mark her return. There will be secrets that reveal her destiny there will be a journey that will make you believe Okay, so we open on some just some heavy breathing. The like screen goes completely black, mm-hmm. and um, we just we just hear a woman humming a lullaby. Yeah, it's quite scary to be honest. I oh I don't know. It felt so sweet. It was cute. It was like, like soothing, but because I watched it just my by myself in the dark, kind of scared. And you were like, you were like, I know this yeah. movie has horror elements. Yeah. So <laughs> are we starting now? <laughs> Because it was like brand new to me, I was like, "What am I supposed to think? Is it like very horror, or is it like mildly is- horror?" Yeah, yeah. What is- it turns out like most of the movies, sort of, I guess, like fantasy drama Let's with horror see. elements. Yeah, yeah. It's not as like like jumpy in that. It's not I like expected. ghosts jumping no, you and yeah, stuff like and that. That's what I was expecting because of the fantasy side of things. Mm. No, it wasn't like that at all. It was actually quite nice and like slow paced at times. But it yeah, was, it was good. It was good. It was really good. And then we we open and we get a little title card that says Spain, nineteen forty four. This is Cherry Pop Horror's first um, uh, subtitled film, I guess. We watched it. Yes, in Spanish. In it was Spanish, so we... sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like really good. Like, Any character yeah. in particular that you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, the fawn. The fawn. <laughs> <laughs> He's like this deep Spanish. Oh, so his good. voice. Yes, yeah. I could just listen to his voice. It was, it was really great. Nice. So yes, we we did watch this in its native language, not yeah. in the um in the American dub. I refuse. Sorry. Yeah, I can't do uh, for some reason live action with lip sync. Yeah, dub. I can't. I just do can't. It. I can't do it. Mm. I have to watch it in its native language. Anime and stuff. I'm fine watching it dubbed. Eh. 
Because the lips don't really match the words no, anyway, no, yeah, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we get a little little bit of information that we're uh, the civil war in Spain. There's a few rebel, rebels sort of holed up somewhere in the mountains, and they're being hunted down by um, this sort of fascist Spanish armada, I guess, like that. Um, they're yeah, they're searching for them up and down the mountain. Uh, we get a shot of a little girl. She's lying on the ground, blood coming from her nose and her mouth, and her hands are covered in blood, mm-hmm. and she's. And the, sh- the shot's reversing. I really like this. Mm. The blood's like slowly going back up, up her, her nose, nose and stuff yeah. like that. And you can see her breathing and her blinking mm. looks slightly off until you realize that the shot's in reverse. Yeah, yeah. And they sort of, it's a really interesting way of sort of telling the audience that like, this is where we're heading. Mm. So now let's go back to the beginning. It reverses everything so we can take the journey to get to this point. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. It's scary. And it starts, um, we get a lovely voiceover fairy tale. Yes, we do. Um, There was a kingdom under the ground, a princess dreamt of the human world. She escaped to the world above, but the sun erased her memory and she could not return. Eventually, she died. The king knew that the princess would be reborn. Her spirit would be reborn somewhere in the human world. We see a whole lot of um, cars driving along the road through the countryside. A girl is reading a book of fairy tales. This is our main character. This is Ophelia. A gorgeous name. Ophelia. Oh, and I love the way they say it as well. Ophelia. (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, that's beautiful. The way the mom says it is real nice. Yeah. And a Mercedes. And Mercedes as well, yeah. Yeah. Just the... Just the Ophelia. Ophelia. I can't do it. I'm butchering it. (laughs) I'm butchering it. We're so sorry, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The way they say it is really nice. And she sat next to her mother, Carmen. Mm -hmm. Um, In the car. In the car. And mother says that she doesn't understand her daughter's obsession with these stories. Mm -hmm. She thinks she's too old for them. Mother starts to feel very sick. The car is pulled over. um, And she's like, she's like heaving. Yeah, I thought she was going to yak. And you're like, please don't, please don't, please don't. (laughs) I know. Like, what are you doing? Just leaning on the car? The bushes are on the side. I know. And what she, are you doing? she picked the worst spot to right, hack as well. Right it's like, let me go to the front of the car where it smells like engine Literally. and oil. What the hell? I'm like, lady, go stand by a tree. There was a lot of bushes on get the side. That, get that nature air Literally in, you. in a forest. <laughs> there was every other spot and she goes right in front of the car. It's like, mm, mm. the smell of oil, yeah, mm, diesel. Nice. You made the whole like line just wait for you just to smell the diesel. <laughs> It was great. <laughs> but while this is happening, Ophelia sort of um, walks off into the woods. She's having an explore of the local area. Um, she finds a rock on the floor and she turns it over and it has an eye in it. Uh, on it, sorry. And she walks over to a statue and it's missing an eye. So she just pops it in place. Uh, from the statue's mouth, as she pushes it in place, this weird sort of insect crawls out of the mouth. It looks like the, what's it, the stick? The stick bug. Yeah, it looks but it's got like, like that. Like, it's bigger. Yeah, it's it's huge. huge. Like this thing's the size of a dinner plate. Yeah, like, literally. <laughs> like, what the and it's like its back bit. It's like ass. Yeah, it's really long oh, yeah. and like detailed as well. <laughs> that ass. That ass it was very detailed. So I was wondering, like, her putting the little <laughs> eye into the statue thing. Do you reckon that summoned it, or it was already in the statue? I feel like it was. I don't know. It might have summoned it because it kind of been there for that long. Maybe yeah. it awakened it. Maybe yeah. Maybe it awakened maybe it or it something like, like that. Or like it. Yeah, it called it or yeah, something maybe. like that. Yeah, maybe because yeah. Because I was trying to figure that out as well. Me too. Because the king. Because I watched it twice. Yes. So the first time I ever watched it, I was 
quite confused or as you do with the mm. first movie you don't know what to expect so the second time around i was trying to really invest in like what was going on but i couldn't figure out that part of the movie neither. well they do say that like the portal near the mill is like the last one to the underworld yeah so if the phone is looking for the princess of the underworld like it would make sense that he'd like put his fairies around the area yeah yeah so i guess it could have been waiting there but hasn't been waiting there like for centuries no. just like as long as this last portal is mm. has been the last one but anyway um Ophelia doesn't see the bug she's called back by her mother and they get back into the car but the the bug sort of watches the cars and then follows follows them as they drive off uh Ophelia is told when she meets the captain she must call him father yeah fuck off <laughs> I would not call that man dad, neither. Like, no. Oh, that poor girl. And it's the first time she's meeting him as well. Yeah. And yeah. It's uh, like, when you meet him, you must call him father. And she's like, that's not my dad. Yeah, that's not her dad. No. Yeah, that's straight. That ain't her dad. He ain't the pappy. No. Mm. No. Next thing we hear a ticking. It's quite obnoxiously loud mm. ticking. Um, this is the captain. This is Vidal, Captain Vidal. He's holding um, what looks like a smashed pocket watch, watch. but it is working. It's ticking. Um He's a bit uh, annoyed because the cars are late. Um, but when they when they finally pull him, he's like, oh, 15 minutes late. Yeah, he says it out loud. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, this guy's... What guy are we in for? This guy's very... Yeah, from, like, the onset, you're like, oh, yeah. this guy's a dick. Yeah, literally. This as guy... soon as you see him, you're like, yep, he's a dick. You're like, the villain. This the villain. Is, this is the villain. The villain. <laughs> and then he says 15 minutes. Oh, hell no. I was like, double. You're, you're like, I'm, I hate you. I'm going to hate you. <laughs> Throughout the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it just gets worse. It gets worse. (laughs) It gets so much worse. He's not. You think it can't get worse. It just keeps. And every time, yeah, every time it boosts up a level, it just gets worse again. Yeah, just gets worse. Uh, But he helps Carmen out of the car and insists that she uses a wheelchair to get around the house. That was was kind of rude. Literally, as she got out of the car, he stopped her and said, like, this for me, do it for me. Yeah. to walk but yeah she was like it's fine and, she, oh. and he was like because he's so overprotective about that baby maybe yeah because he's yeah he's like the doctor said the like the doctor recommended yeah. it so yeah. so please and then yeah he but in he, front of everyone just as they came i was like that's so because like the entire household's there like literally like all the, the servants everyone, all the servants all the soldiers, soldiers as well vidal's platoon yep, is all yep. there oh i was like that is disgusting but at least he, at least he didn't say it out loud he did like whisper, like, whisper to her, to her yeah, and he's like yeah. please do it for me yeah but her face said it all like bitch i can walk like yeah she's like i've been pregnant before can't you see my other kid like i feel he's there like, <laughs> no there is no other child <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why he's a dick <laughs> yeah um so, uh, Ophelia meets the captain. He refuses to shake her hand as well. Mm. She offers a very polite little mm. girl handout and he like squishes it in his hand, his gloved hand. And he's just like, it's the other one. Yeah. Right, Cause you're supposed to lead with your right hand or something when, yes, you, when you're yeah. meeting someone. So he like immediately scolds her. And it's, it's like the first time this little girl's like meeting this person who's supposed to be her new dad. Yeah. And yeah, he goes and does that. Just that. We also meet Mercedes mm-hmm. for the first time, uh, who's basically, I think she's like head of the house. She's like. The, yeah, she's the main maid or she's like more dependent. Because she runs the kitchen and stuff as well. Kitchen as well as the whole Kitchen house, and cleaning like, yeah, and every, just the whole house in general. Yeah. So she's, she's like. Of the she, house. Yeah, she doesn't. She, I, she just. I don't think she owns this house. Vidal definitely doesn't own this house. It's not owned by the militia. Yeah. I don't know who owns it. I have no idea. But I assume that militia just sort of 
kicked them out and was like, this is now a military operation. Get out. Probably. And then, yeah. Uh, Ophelia spots uh, the bug and follows it into the woods where she finds the entrance to a ruin with the same sort of architecture as the statue that she put the eye into um, that she found earlier. Uh, she walks a couple of steps in, but is interrupted by Mercedes, um, and t- who tells her that it's a labyrinth. Mm. She said it's been a- been here a long time, longer than the mill. Mm. It's been here for nobody really knows how long. Mm. Um, yeah, Mercedes is called to go help her father. Her father, I put in inverted comments. <coughs> <laughs> Mercedes is called over to help Vidal, yeah. Captain Vidal. So Ophelia says, uh, oh, that's right. They have a cute little conversation. Mercedes is just like, oh, I need to go and help your father. And Ophelia's like, he's that's not my not father. My <laughs> he's not my father. My her, dad. And then she explains about her little dad. Yeah, her dad used to be, uh, was a tailor, yeah. but he died in the war. This mm-hmm. is taking place, what, 1944? So that's what, Second World War? Yeah, Second World War. So I didn't realize, was, I don't know my Spanish history. Is this a Nazi, is Vidal's company nazi i think so or is this an internal like civil war that happened in spain well the yeah i don't know my spanish history either but they did have a couple of civil wars Mm. and then yeah also the thing with the i feel it gave off nazi vibe i think it's just vidal i just i'm not sure because yeah he was the only one because some of his soldiers were giving off that they wanted to be on the other side yeah and or at least weren't comfortable with, with what they were what doing what they were doing so yeah. I'm actually not sure as well but it would be it, something interesting to get into though yeah I might have to do some research into yeah. that to see what war this was mm. um, she she talks to Mercedes about her mother this is so cute have you seen my mother isn't she beautiful mm. she's sick with babies she says like the baby, so we get we get an insight too. It's not like it's morning sickness or it's just pregnancy sickness. Like yeah, she's just the baby's sick with the baby. Yeah, the baby's killing yeah. her. Having this baby is killing her. Um, we see Captain Vidal. He's looking at maps of the mountainside, the forest area with his men. He says the rebels are hiding somewhere in the woods. Mercedes brings them some drinks uh, and just takes a quick little 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 peep at the map. A little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> she's like putting the the shot glasses out and yeah. she's like leaning over and looking where Vidal's going to put the troops mm. um, before she's asked um, asked to go and fetch the doctor. Now, how do you pronounce his name? Dr. Friero? Friero? I don't know. They say so fast in the film. They do. It's like just one. I looked up the spelling and it's spelled F-E-R-R-E-I-R-O. Yeah, well, you're saying it well. Friero. Friero? I'll butcher it. <laughs> Let's just call him the doctor. Yeah, the doctor. The doctor. He's a G. He's great. He's I love great. the doctor. I love the doctor. Um, the doctor prescribes some medicine for Carmen mm-hmm. to help her sleep. It's in a little vial, and he just puts a couple of drops in some water. Very symbolic. Oh, okay. Yep, go for it. Because um, the bottle, uh, when mm. you continue to watch the film, every time he uses um, whatever the medicine was in that specific bottle, the the camera keeps zooming in on that bottle. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So every shot that he did use it, it would like slowly pan to it. Or, oh, like, I a, didn't notice that. Have a certain zoom to that bottle. So I was watching it continuously, like the way the camera was going with that. How it interacts yeah, with that vial. Yeah, like, obviously it's like symbolic somehow. Like yeah. it's going to happen. And it actually does. It's quite symbolic in the 
near the ending. Because yeah, it becomes very important. It becomes important. very important like yeah. near the end. So I'm like, ha, huh, they did that for a reason. I'm like, yeah. why am I it's, looking at this bluey, <laughs> this blue bottle, liquidy? <laughs> it's just it's slow. It's um subtly drawing your yeah, attention to it. I guess subtly. It's not very obvious, but it's like if you look at it closely, yeah, mm. very symbolic. It's basically some sort of I don't want to say tranquilizer, but I think it's some sort of mix of like painkillers and tranquilizers. Something to help her sleep. To help her sleep. Cause, yeah. And to help take the pain away because she's in a lot of pain a at the moment. Um, Mercedes and the doctor have a quick meeting. Um, we learn that both of them are working with the rebels mm-hmm. somewhere in the woods. The doctor says he can't go to see them um, because Vidal is watching him at the moment. Um, but gives Mercedes some some medicine, some antibiotics. antibiotics yeah. Some antibiotics to take to the rebels. Um, Mercedes turns to see it. Um, that Ophelia has seen has seen them talking in the corner. Yeah, she's ba- she was basically watching, watching from room. mother's door. Yeah, and then she closes the door and goes back inside. Ophelia and Carmen have a cute little snuggle in bed. Mm-hmm. Very adorable. The whole house creaks as yes, well because it's old. Because it's a, it's an old country mm-hmm. house, so like the wind blows and the entire house feels like it's breathing. Yeah. And this kind of freaks Ophelia out, and Carmen's there to comfort her, and she's just. Like, I mean, as if I was a kid, not even a kid, like if that was me now mm. in the old house, I'd get freaked out as well. It's haunted, burn it's it. Haunted, yeah. it's like, oh, it's speaking to me. We need to go. We need to go right now. Take me back to suburbia. Do you hear it breathing? Yeah, no, I'm out of here. Uh, she basically says it's a country house, and the wind tends to rattle it. Um, Carmen says that um, tomorrow she has a surprise for Ophelia. Mm. Um, Ophelia wants to know why she married Captain Vidal, and Carmen says she was um, she was alone too long. Now, what do you think she means by this? She was alone too long. That she was lonely, or that like she didn't have the means to like prop the two of them up, so she needed like financial support or social support. I think yeah, maybe both. I think she was actually lonely. Oh, yeah. But then, because the way she was towards, what's his name, Vidal? Vidal. Yeah, she's real, she never questioned his judgment on anything to do with her daughter or her. Mm. She was real submissive. Yes. But I feel like she was, like, lonely in the sense of, like, a partner. But then, yeah, she needed someone there to... But we never see the, we never see the, like, the two of them coming together no, as a unity. really. Like, when, when, later in the movie, when Ophelia's being, like, disciplined. Yeah. Carmen tells him to leave yeah. and she'll sort it. Yeah. So there's like, I don't know. It, I don't feel like Carmen likes or definitely not loves Vidal. No, definitely not loves, but it yeah. feels like she's in this relation out of ob- relationship out of obligation. Maybe. Yeah. Not out of feeling. Mm. Uh, yeah. That was my reading of it. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. There's no like, there's no proper like, even the tiny bits where it's supposedly loving yeah. feel forced mm. on either his side or her side. Because even at the dinner table... Yeah, when... late, later when we have a dinner, it feels forced on her yeah. part. At the beginning of the movie, when he tells her to get in the wheelchair, it Very feels... Forced. It's with an agenda. Yeah, yeah, always with an agenda. It's like, you're carrying my son, <clears throat> and I need him to live. Yeah, I love the way the doctor's like, how, how do you know it's just like... That's right. You know yeah, we get boy? that soon, don't yeah. we? Yeah. I love it. I'm like, yeah, how do you know it's a boy? Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, she says uh, that yeah, she... Yeah, well, I'm 50-50. I don't know. I can't read Because mm. she's lonely and then, yeah, who knows? So, uh, Carmen, and Ophelia, um, Carmen and Ophelia are in bed together. She sort of 
sidles up to the baby, the mum's bump, and starts telling her baby brother a fairy tale. She cares deeply about this baby, Mm. which is really, really beautiful. She tells the story of a beautiful flower atop a mountain, but it's surrounded by poisonous thorns. And though many men coveted that flower and wanted to pick it, for it would give them eternal life, they never could, for the thorns would kill them. And every day the rose bloomed and wilted, only to repeat again the next day until the end of time. Mm. I'm like, what a sad story. Yeah, the mom said to, like, do a fairy tale. Tell it. Tell the, your brother fairy tale so that, you know, you'll calm down. And then yeah. she, out of all stories, she goes and does that. And I'm like, okay. But it feels so symbolic of... Her. And her or Vidal. Yeah. It feels very Vidal, like, yeah. you know, he wanted a son more than anything. Mm. And there's all these obstacles around stopping him. And by the end of the movie, he's denied what he wanted. Yeah. So it feels like that's, she's talking about Vidal despite, or that's, that story's symbolic of Vidal's plight, Mm. I guess. Oh, Mm. fuck him though. (laughs) I know, he doesn't deserve all of that. Um, That's what pissed me off was you got a lot of, he got a lot of screen time. He did. And I'm like, "Mm." But as the villain, it built him so well as a villain. Yeah, near the end it kind of did. But um, When it all came to a climax yeah. and you, you got... Right, we'll talk about the satisfaction yeah. of the end. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, we see Vidal polishing and working on the mechanics of a pocket watch. His little cracked pocket watch. The Doctor enters. Um, he tells Vidal that Carmen is really not well. She should not have travelled yeah, this late in the pregnancy mm-hmm. and being as sick as she as she was. And Vidal is, is definitely more concerned about the baby mm-hmm. than Carmen. Yeah. And this is where we get that great line where he's, yeah. he's just like, um, what does he say? He says, um, I, I need you to make my son better. And then he starts to leave. And then the doctor's like, how do you know what it's, how yeah, do you know it's a son? How are you so sure it's a, a boy, you know? And then, <laughs> it was just so good. Because the, yeah, the, the captain. The, the captain said, like, if it came down to her passing away, um, save the baby. Yeah. Like, 50-50 if you were to save the wife or the kid, he was. He said save the boy. And I was like, wow. Yeah. But there's that, that little moment when he's walking away and the doctor's like, oh, how do you know it's, how do you know it's a son? And he just turns around and he's like, like don't fuck with me. me. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> but we learn later that he's, he's sexist as well. So we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's right. Um, and Vidal justifies moving Carmen despite how ill she is by saying a son should be born where his father Others, is. Yeah. Ugh. Which is that. It's bullshit, man. It's so bravado, Ugh. masculine. Yeah, it's very, like, yeah. Men, men need men, to be men. men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's I don't gross. want to skip ahead, but, like, yeah, even though, because eventually the son is born, you know? Mm. Not to give that much away so early, but um, the son is eventually born. Yes. And you see how he says that line, like, the son's, a son should be born where the father is. He's not much of a father, even when the son is born. He's, like, he's, he's not at all. He's not there at all. So it's very distant. So I'm like, it feels was, like what was the reason? You know? It's a totem to his legacy, not yeah, an actual human being. Literally. He just wants another just him. Just for the namesake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the captain, captain heads out with some of his men. Um, as there's been a disturbance somewhere in the woods, they see some smoke or something like that. Uh, oh, no, no. Two two men were captured nearby. Mm. That was it. Um, it's nighttime and some of um, Vidal's platoon found a couple of men wandering and shooting a gun um, near the mill. Um, they, the, the two men say they're rabbit hunters. They were just out 
Yes. Catching oh, rabbits. Yes. And they're searched. Vidal searches them, searches their bag as well, finds some, some rebel... Paper, po- some, some papers. Yeah, some rebel propaganda, yeah. he says, um, as well as a bottle of alcohol. And the, the, the rabbit hunter's son, like, chirps up yeah. to like defend his father because the father kept saying like we were just hunting rabbits like we're not yeah. doing anything wrong and, he was and the son's just like if my father says we're hunting rabbits yeah. we were hunting rabbits. rabbits i love that part it's so it's so nice but then nice, but... vidal vidal takes the bottle of alcohol he just grabbed his head just smacks, smacks him in the him. face grabs hold of his collar and then smack, smashes smack, his smack. just oh. smashes his whole face it's in so while the father's like being held back and like cry wheezing next to him yeah it's so brutal for no reason it just comes out of nowhere Nowhere. as well nowhere like this movie's not had this brutality (laughs) at all and i'm like what the fuck and then what was yeah what was your reaction the first time this happened where he just grabs him and starts smashing his face in and it shows you as well it shows you as well it shows you his face caving in like wow i was taken away i was like oh my god what the fuck because i'm usually i'm used to you know the camera panning away yeah and you and just see some blood like, oh, splatter you see, or something you see them dead on the ground mm. there with him literally with the arm and i'm like this poor dude his whole face gets smashed in then he shoots him doesn't he yeah he shoots yeah him as well. he caves in his face before yeah. shooting the father and then turning around and the son's still sort of wiggling on the floor yeah. so he just shoots him shoots in the head him in the head then the the dad's like crying and stuff as well. Yeah, the dad. Eventually, he gets shot. Yeah, the dad was crying. Vidal turns around, shoots the dad, and then looks at the son, and he's wiggling on the floor, and then shoots him dead as well. Oh my god! And then goes back to searching the bag. And goes back to searching the bag, only to find a freaking like two rabbits in there. Yeah, there's two or three two. baby rabbits. And it's all there. because one of his uh, like soldiers or whatever didn't search the bag fully. Mm. And they were rabbit hunting. They were rabbit That's hunting. That's why I was so sad. I'm like, oh. But like, there's no like regret. No. With Vidal, he's just yeah. like, next time, search them properly. Oh. Like this was a waste of my time. Nothing else. Oh my god. Just like, <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Um, oh, let's move away from the brutality. Yeah. <laughs> and we move to Ophelia, <laughs> who wakes in the night as um, she hears the sort of chittering of of um, of a bug. Um, she comes face to face with it. It crawls over the, the foot of the bed and across the blankets to come face to face with her. She calls it a fairy. I don't know what book she's been reading, but it don't look the like fairies a fairy. look like that. No. But I guess, I don't know. Ophelia has like a great imagination, so mm. maybe that's what she thinks. But she shows she shows the bug um, her fairy tale book mm. and she's like, this is what fairies look like. And it's sort of forms into it yeah it like crunches and like snaps itself and then turns into what the picture of a fairy looks like i love that it even imitates the color of the ink Mm. it's not like it doesn't look human no it's like black yes the same color as the ink yeah so it's like mimicked it perfectly Mm. um it beckons her to follow it uses its now newly formed little little arms Mm. and it's like follow me um, she does, and into the labyrinth they go, back at the ruins just next to the mill. The fairy leads her to the centre, where a long staircase down leads. Um, the music here, fucking gorgeous. Throughout this movie, the music and the like sound effects are Top awesome. Tier. Top tier. It's like this melancholy mm. fantasy. Very fantasy, yeah. Yeah, it's got like the right kind of like I don't know what you call them, like, I don't know, triangle dings or whatever, Mm. like, to make it feel fantastical and magical. But it sounds sad and 
like not disturbing or frightening but like something's wrong with it yeah it's not quite right but she follows the fairy down the stairs and at the bottom is a stone pillar she calls out to the room this is really cute she's like echo (laughs) echo Um, the fairy sort of whizzes around the room a bit and then lands on what looks like a piece of wall until it fucking turns around. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, when it scared me, I was like, what the hell is that? What did you think of the phone's design? Like, the way it looks? Okay, the way it looks, it looks very scary. Like, it's not... It looks intimidating. No, intimidating, yeah, very. Like, and he's got sharp teeth as sharp well. Sharp teeth, very much like elvish, like... Yes, he's got... Very elvish ears yeah and big, big horns and this sort of um gaelic or something like that sort of design on its yeah. face and its body, body. It, there's like um lines mm. and squiggle not squiggles but like lines and curls yeah and... i mean it's not a kid's movie that's for sure no when you think of fairy tales you think of you know but that has oh scary he's frightening he's and his eyes his eyes yeah he's got huge, huge eyes, eyes. And just the sexy eyes. <laughs> just got huge eyes. You're just saying that because of its voice. Baby blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's something. No, he was fucking scared. He's terrifying. He's so scared. And his eyes are like cat eyes or something yeah, like they that. Are. They look predatory, yes. not. They're not like deer eyes. They yeah. don't look placid. They you, look. When you first see him, you don't know if he's like actually with her or against, or against her. her you don't know and for most of the movie he still, juts from still side to side very much like you're like that, yeah. for her against yeah. her like voice of good voice of bad it was good the way he did it was good it's oh it's great yeah, um, he makes the movie he turns around and sort of recognizes ophelia yeah. he, he points he's at her like, and princessa. seems yeah princessa he seems yeah. happy he's like pointing at her and yeah. smiling and she's like so she's like frightened. what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Scared, man. She's standing there like, what the fuck? What the hell is that? He's like, what? That thing's talking to me like he knows me. Oh. I oh. love the way oh, and he, he does the... He, he opens a little, um, a little basket yeah. from his side and three more fairies, yeah. or two or three more fairies jut out of that as well. And I just got to say, I love the way he moves. Mm. He, the way he talks, he always expresses himself. With, like, his, with hands. his hands, very much with his hands, and it's and again, really it, good. It feels magical, yeah, like over the top, like pantomime. Top. Yeah, over the top, but it's, it works. And the way he walks <clears throat> as well, like it's very jutted, yeah. like he's old yeah. and stiff. And I, I said, like, um, yeah, he he walks like he's made of wood and stone, mm. like he's he's natural, like. Yeah. And when you see like long shots, you see his legs look like tree trunks, mm. and. Just the way he moves makes it look like he's made of nature. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's very well done. Like, And the little shivers he does as yes, well when yes, he does a shiver. Yes. He's not going to lie, it's very scary. He's, he's frightening. He, he grows on you. And yeah. The more you watch it, like, I mean, continually, like, to the end, he, he grows on you. Because he's a full character. He's not, full character. He's not just, like, yeah. he's not what the Puffin, image is. Yes, yes. So you see this image and then you learn more about him yeah. and then you start to develop... A connection to him mm. and you still don't know whether he's good or bad but it develops like a feeling for this mm. character oh. you kind of miss him yeah yeah you do when Absolutely. he's, when he's, not, when on he's screen, not on screen you're like where is you're he? like can Where's we have the, the phone can we have the phone back <laughs> can we have the phone back please because <laughs> where is he well, i love how they pronounce it as well the fa- phone. el phone because mm. we in, in english we'd say phone yeah el phone phone <laughs> It's a fawn. Um, he introduces himself. He says he's had many names. 
mountains. He's mm. been called like the mountains and the trees, but she can call him Elfaun. Mm. Um, he calls her Princess Moana. Um, daughter to the king of the underworld which is basically our opening story so it's mm. come around again it's yeah. a repeating motif mm-hmm. um, he proves it to her by calling out a birthmark that's on her shoulder yeah, he says moon. you don't believe me you should have a moon crescent, on your shoulder yeah, crescent moon. a crescent moon on her shoulder um, where they stand is apparently the last gateway back into the underworld um, the others have collapsed over the centuries so she's been gone for a long, long time, time. And the, I assume the phone's been looking for her for that long as yeah, well. Yeah, I assume so. But I'm not sure if he's allowed to get out of that area specifically. I know, because he comes to her bedroom later. Yeah, I mean, like, where they're at. Where they're at. Oh, like, like if he went too far from the portal. Yeah, yeah. I don't think um, he's... Because he's that makes very... Sense. Yeah. At certain points, at certain times, he's still in the same whole Vicinity. area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. He never travels with her to, like, where the task... Anyway. Um, (laughs) He says that they need to test her essence to make sure she hasn't become mortal. Mm. Her soul, not her body. Her body's mortal, but they need to make sure her soul isn't mortal anymore. And um, to do that, she needs to complete three tasks. And he gives her a book. The Book of Crossroads, it's Mm. called. Gorgeous. It's such a, like, it's a nice book. It's a gorgeous name for a book as well, yeah. The Book of Crossroads. Yeah. The it, way he just got, hands it to her. Yeah, and wow. it's this massive, 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 book. <laughs> massive book. But it looks like a fairy tale book it as does, well. It does, Like, yeah. if you imagine, like, what, a, what a, a large printing of Grimm's fairy tales, you'd imagine it printed in a yeah, book that looks like this. Like, yeah, it's oh. huge. She opens it as the fawn sort of disappears into the shadows. Um, oh, sorry, no. He, he tells her that, she needs to open it when she's alone mm. and it will tell her what she needs mm. in order to complete the tasks. The fawn then disappears into the shadows. She opens the book, but it seems blank. All the pages are just empty. And that kind of gives me the idea that maybe like the phone never leaves. Mm. He just hides in the shadows. Yeah, because when she first opens it, it's morning. Yeah, it's morning and she's in the bathroom, bathroom alone. alone. So it makes me think that the fawn hasn't left that area. He's just hiding in the shadows. Mm. And that's why the book doesn't reveal the the thing to her because no, she's not yeah, alone. I didn't really think of that. Yeah. Um, we see Vidal having a shave. We see this like four or five times. It's I know it's unnecessary. I know. I think it sets up like the idea that he's rigid and stern and methodical. Ugh. He's got a routine. Yes. And if yes. it's not this way, yeah. it's wrong. wrong. Yeah. So he starts every morning, he puts on his music, he shaves, he shines his boots, he gets dressed. Such a man. He takes care of his, he takes care of his appearance. <laughs> he, an ugly, he an ugly motherfucker. No offense to the actor, I, this is the no, thing like, sure we hate, movie. we hate villains in movies, yeah. but it usually turns out that like, the people who play the villains are like the really? nicest people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we're just like, fuck these people. Yeah, and then we meet them in not. person and they're lovely. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure the actor's lovely. This character is a piece of shit. Yeah, that's how you know he's a good actor, because he played it well. Yeah, while polishing his boots. Polishing his boots. Uh, Mercedes enters, and he tells her to cook the rabbits for their dinner. Mm, and she says, it's too small. She's like, they're too small. And he's <laughs> they're like, too small. He's like, just cook them anyway. And he's like, make a stew then. <laughs> <laughs> just hurry up and do as I said. <laughs> so Mercedes takes the rabbits. Um, she takes them to the cooks, and she tells them to make a stew. Um 
she also tells them that um, that he didn't like the coffee. That's right. Vidal complains oh, about the coffee. Yeah. He's like, it's burnt. burnt Taste yeah. it. And she takes a sip and she's like, mm, I'll have a word with the cooks. And she goes in and she tells him, she's like, Vidal didn't like the coffee. And they're like, oh, he's just such a fussy dandy. Yeah. They call him a fussy dandy. <laughs> and it's so, such a, like, relief. Mm. Because we've seen this man who's, like, in all of his other appearances, he's quite frightening. Yeah. But then, you know, behind his back, people gossip about him. A lot. Like, his own star. Yeah. Like, people talk, talk about, about him. him. <laughs> people know he's a piece of shit. Yeah. This is cracking up to see it from the cooks. <laughs> yeah, and these that. old ladies. Old these, ladies. like, 60-, 70-year-old women, yeah. like... He's still fussy. Yeah, making dough or whatever yeah, like that. Just like, oh, he's a fussy I dandy. cleaning. This motherfucker is, like, fussy and shit. They reveal that they're having some guests over, some mm. important people are coming over, and they need to start cooking, they need to start getting ready. Um, I think this is the first time we see um, uh, a, sort of a habit that Mercedes has of rolling a, a cutting a knife. knife. Yeah, It's just something she does because she uses the knife so mm. often for cooking, cleaning, probably whatever. She always has like a, a blade tucked into her apron for mm. when she needs it. I think this is the first time we see her sort of roll it roll into it her apron yeah. before she goes to do her next mm. chore. Uh, we see a bath being filled. Um, Carmen o- um, gifts Ophelia a beautiful green dress. I didn't like this dress. No, neither. But was that white part supposed to be with it? Yeah. Was that, okay. It looks like an apron. It looks though. like an apron. That's why I didn't know. <laughs> like she was just wearing it. To I don't know what the fabric is as well, but the fabric seems so rigid. Yeah. But I guess I think the color was nice. The color was great. But yeah, it's ugly. The dress looks really rigid, and yeah, it's got that weird white apron on the yeah. front. But Ophelia, at least. Carmen thinks it's beautiful. Yeah. Ophelia just sort of goes, yeah, it's yeah, nice. It's nice. <laughs> and then goes for her bath. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's like, I don't know, because even the ladies of the staff, when she walks down the stairs, even they like it. I'm yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it must have been the style back then or something. Maybe it's just us. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. And she's a little girl as well. It's not like you need something form-fitting yeah. or anything like it that. But look younger, though. It's yeah. Like, like I just don't like the fabric, I think. I think the fabric's too rigid and it makes <laughs> I it... I don't like the dress at all. <laughs> it's got, like, poofy shoulders, too. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I just don't like it. Um, but while, while um, Mother's talking about um, the dress, Ophelia thanks her and basically closes the door to the bathroom and retrieves her book, which she's hidden sort of behind a radiator in the bathroom. She opens it and the pages begin to fill out with beautiful art and sort of illustrations and instructions for her first task. Um Mother, mother says she'll look like a princess in that dress. Mm. And I love the little smile Ophelia has when she, when her mother says this because she pulls down her robe yeah, and looks at the birthmark on her shoulder yeah. and she's like, maybe I, I am a princess. <laughs> maybe but like in a non-corny way. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't say anything. No, she doesn't say anything. She, she just, just looks, looks at her birthmark yeah, yeah. and smiles because mm. she's like, maybe the, fa- maybe the phone's right. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. It's absolutely, yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, Sadie sees Ophelia come down in her new dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, yeah, all the old all ladies the are old like, ladies. Oh, you're so, so beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> you look just like your mother. <laughs> so beautiful. Her mother is beautiful. Yeah, she She's is. gorgeous. Um, uh, Mercedes decides to give her a treat, give her some milk and honey. Mm. So they head outside and do that. Um, Ophelia asks uh, Mercedes if she believes in fairies. And then she tells her that um, she thinks she's seen one and she thinks she met a phone as well, mm-hmm. an L phone. And Mercedes says, um, 
she wa- she was warned as a child not to trust know. a phone. Yeah. Yeah. Which starts tripping you out even more. Yeah, because now you're like, oh, oh can we yeah. can we trust the phone? Exactly. Or yeah, exactly. Mercedes puts that tiny seed of doubt in your head just with that one line. Yeah. Like my mother said, not to trust a phone, mm. and you're like, oh, oh, are they evil? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, Mercedes and um, Videl's uh, men start to unload trucks full of supplies. Um, it's basically. I assume there's a village nearby or something like that because they're unloading like heaps. heaps there's like medicine, there. vegetables, it's meats, tobacco, tobacco salt. salt, all that kind mm. of thing is being loaded into a storage shed in the mill. Has it already passed when he asked for the key? The master key? He's about to. About to. Yeah. So he they're, they're loading in the supplies. Um, and yeah, she gives Vidal the only key to the only storage key. shed. Mm. And he double checks. Yeah. He's like... Is there only one key to this? And she's like, see, mm. see, senor. Mm. And he's like, okay, it stays with me. If you need anything, you need to come and see me. Mm-hmm. And he, he basically locks all the supplies away. These are basically going to be used for um, rationing cards. Mm-hmm. So the village has to come to the mill, claim their rations. Um, one of Vidal's men sees smoke coming from the woods. Mm-hmm. So Vidal takes sort of a, a group of his men to go out and investigate because they think it's the rebels. In the meantime, Ophelia reads the story that's appeared in the in the Fawn's book, and it tells of a creature that lives in the roots of a dying fig tree, a selfish toad that's basically like sucking the life essence out of the tree mm. and has scared away all other creatures from that area. Um, yeah, he, he bas- the, the toad's basically spiting the other creatures by taking everything for himself. The task entails getting three magical stones into the stomach of this selfish toad and collecting a key. Mm-hmm. So she's like, okay. We see the entrance to this tree, which is on the like poster for this movie as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It, looks like, it looks like the fawn's head. It does, yeah. Because it's like this sort of narrow thing and then two branches curl around like horns. Mm. And it's gorgeous but the front of the tree the entrance is like muddy as fuck yeah like she's squelching around swampy (laughs) yeah it's swampy as fuck so So Ophelia takes off her brand new dress and hangs it on one of the branches of the tree Mm -hmm. and crawls inside the entrance to this tree I was like so disgusting (laughs) it was like she was in a sewer it was disgusting but as she's crawling through large pill bugs are sort of roaming inside they're like crawling up the walls and stuff like that and across the floor where she's crawling face yeah Uh, not my cup of tea while she's starting to crawl through, we cut back to Captain Vidal as he arrives at the, the site of the smoke. Mm. There's an empty campsite. Um, it's clear that someone's been here recently. Mm. But he finds a packet of medicine there as well. A brown paper bag with a small vial inside it. Yeah, just the one vial. Just the one vial. And he keeps the vial. Yeah, he keeps it. Um, though it's it's unmarked as anti- antibiotics or anything like mm. that. But we know as an audience that this is... The package yeah. that the doctor gave Mercedes. Yeah, literally when he so we're like, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I was watching it and I was like, oh, shit. Because, like, yeah, we knew straight away like, that's the box that he gave to Mercedes. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. He's, if he gets, like, snapped, oh, my God, he's fucking screwed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We know that, oh, no, this is bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he takes the vial, he keeps it. <laughs> And, well, no, he doesn't keep it just yet. He sort he of just looks he, at it. He looks at it and then yells out to the rebels, "Hey, yeah. you, you forgot your vial." Oh, and a lottery ticket as well, because mm-hmm. um, he thinks the rebels are watching them from where he are, uh, from where they are. 
Videl and his men continue on as there's no reply. And as they leave, we see a couple of rebels standing at the top of a hill watching them go. Um, Ophelia continues through the tree, completely coated in mud now. Yeah. Like, she's just had a bath, and now she's, like, soaked in mud, with pill bugs, like, crawling up her arms. Disgusting. <laughs> it's nasty. It's nasty. As she hears sort of a noise from behind her, she turns around to see the giant toad. Mm. She tries to talk to it, but I don't know if it can talk or is sentient at all like that. Mm. I don't know. I understood what she was saying. I think so. I think so. Um, but it like slurps a bug off her face. Ugh. It like shoots its tongue out and goes. Disgusting. <laughs> it eats one of the pill bugs from her face. So Ophelia gets the idea. She picks up a pill bug from the ground, mm-hmm. shows it to the toad, and it licks its lips with its massive ass tongue before putting it in her palm with the three stones. The toad shoots out its tongue and laps up everything from her hand. Mm. The toad's tongue swells. Yeah. This is nasty. Ugh. This is it's gross. Nasty. It swells within. Ugh. And it's like getting bigger, bigger. than his face. Yeah, and you can, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then it sort of spews out of its mouth. What is, it's a frog, pretty much. It's like yeah. a big toad. So what is it when they breathe and they do that? The, the, the ribbit thing? Yeah, the like yeah. throat expanding The throat thing. expanding. So its throat expands, but it gets even more deformed and it like explodes in one. So it doesn't even explode. Like, no, like, it, like the, t- <laughs> the tongue swells so much that like it becomes its entire body and then that, that swells, yellow yeah. blob falls out of its mouth and the skin deflates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ew, what the fuck, what the fuck is that? But like when I saw that whole scene and the scenery in that one scene, mm. it reminded me of like Labyrinth and then Princess Bride. Just oh, like yeah. the way the gu- oh fuck man, like the gooey and all that. It was yes. very so ooey. So ooey and like yeah, it reminded me of Labyrinth and Princess Bride specifically. I don't know why. More fantasy films. Like yeah, this movie yeah. is a fantasy film. Yeah, that might be it. With like mild horror. Yeah. <laughs> might be the swampy thing. I was like, yuck. Yeah. Ooh. Yuck. Ooh, mud. Never mind the giant ass toad. Like <laughs> <laughs> toad with the like mud surrounded by it. I was like, huh. Um, so Ophelia takes takes the key that's stuck to this sort of yellow mass. Mm, yeah. The leftovers. <laughs> she, she peels it off and is like, Ugh. Oh, um, and then she leaves. Um, a storm starts rolling in. Her dress has been caught by the wind and sort of thrown into the mm. mud so that's ruined. Um, and she picks it up sort of very upset because she knows that her mother's going to be disappointed just as the rain starts to sort of hammer down. Um, Vidal waits outside for his dinner guests. Um, Mercedes and Carmen sort of mentioned that they've been looking for Ophelia. Carmen's has to stay in her wheelchair, so isn't allowed to wander around. But Mercedes says, like, um, uh, Carmen's like, have you checked her bedroom? Have you checked the bedroom? Have you checked the garden? Have you checked the kitchen? And she, uh, uh, Mercedes is like, yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Don't worry. She'll come back. She'll come back. She'll be fine. Um, then we have the dinner scene. We have, um, Vidal handing out stacks of ration cards to each of his guests. So already we're seeing like favoritism in the like yeah. fascist re- regime. Mm-hmm. You know, these bureaucrats. Um, the doctor is also there yeah. as well. We see the high ranking soldiers and a priest as well, because there's always a priest when mm. there's like an evil organization. There's yeah. always a priest. Always, um... <laughs> that one priest. <laughs> 
always going to be that one creep. And there are all sort of stuff in their face as well. Like, they're having a feast. Yeah, they are. There's, like, meat and roast vegetables. But just imagine and... if Ophelia was there. It would be very awkward. She'd have, like, no one to talk no to. One this is, like... This is a very adult, like, just... This is such an appropriate place to have a kiddie table. Yeah! <laughs> Let's have a kiddie, kiddie table. Kitty we'll table. have Mercedes and Ophelia yeah, just... having a great grand old time in the corner. <laughs> With their rabbit stew. <laughs> With their rabbit stew. <laughs> And then dessert, milk, and honey. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> uh, Videl reveals that, uh, sort of reveals the vial that, yeah, he that he found. And the doctor and Mercedes sort of oh. give each other li- like a little side eye, like, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> so, he kno- so he knows at least one of the rebels is sick. That's what he gets from it. Mm-hmm. And the doctor sort of metaphorically wipes his brow. He's like, whew, okay. Yeah. Doesn't know it was me. He just knows they have medicine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's revealed that um, Vidal definitely believes in this sort of new fascist Spain that they're trying to build. Yeah. That's the, and he even says, that's the world I want my son to be born in. Ugh. Disgusting. <sighs> Mercedes takes the coffee pot from and tells the kitchen that she's going to go get more. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she hurries out to the woods and uses her lanterns to sort of signal mm. to the rebels she like waves her hand in front of it. I don't know what the signal is for, but mm, she's neither. basically just notifying them of something. Mm. Um, before she turns and notices Ophelia wandering out of the woods, muddied and shaking. Poor girl. <laughs> like she looks like a drowned rat. Yeah, she does. Poor girl. The she's, mud everywhere. The mud and she's clutching that key. Um Carmen uh, at the dinner table tells a story about how she and the captain met. Uh, Ophelia's father used to be the captain's tailor and made the captain's uniforms for him. Uh, but when he died, Carmen took over. And that's mm. how they met. She started making his uniforms. Um, Vidal is an asshole. Yeah, he cuts... He just... He, st- he cuts her story short and just says, please excuse my wife. Yeah. She hasn't been exposed to the world. She thinks those silly stories are interesting to anyone else. And I'm like, they literally asked her how you guys met. Yeah. And, and he's I'm just like, like shut up. Shut nobody up. wants to hear I it. I know. Oh, so rude. Mercedes comes over and tells Carmen that Ophelia's been found. So she excuses herself from the dinner table. Mm. Um, we then, the con- conversation continues at the dinner table and we learn about Vidal's father now. We, he yeah, do- the significance of the pocket watch. Of the pocket watch, the broken pocket watch. Well, not, it works, but the smashed, smashed, is still, smashed glass. The cracks are still, mm. yeah. So we learn that, um, Vidal's father was also a soldier. He died in battle, mm-hmm. but supposedly when he got shot and was dying, he smashed his pocket watch on a rock so that his son would know the exact the minute that he died. Yeah. Um, Vidal denies the story. Yeah, he, he denies the story immediately. immediately. He like shakes his head and my father never had a pocket watch and yeah. then just continues to like... But it's confusing because you see him so fixated with the pocket watch. I guess he'd see it as like... Uh, not a weak I guess a weakness Mm. being like emotionally attached like this I guess that's why he shoots Carmen down as well like he's a soldier like he he is a man he's not allowed emotions yeah (laughs) because as soon as he rejected the story I'm like oh interesting because you spend your whole time trying to fix the watch he's constantly Constantly like he's constantly like tweaking it tweaking it like checking the gears making sure it's running properly on time Mm. Always making, always checking it as yeah. well. We've seen him it's check it three or four his, times. His routine. If he, after he shaves, he always tinkers with his fucking watch. Yeah. 
So, yeah, when the story at the dinner table came, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Mm. But then when he tried to deny it, I was like, ha, what? But you definitely know it's true. You know it's true. You yeah. just know as the audience, you're like, It's the yeah. brazenness with which he shrugs it off that uh, confirms it's true. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, it's not yeah. true. And you're like, oh, it is true. <laughs> and I don't believe what anything this man says. Yeah. Um, Carmen is kind of distraught at the state of Ophelia's dress, mm. the, the green dress. Um, yeah. It's ruined. And sends her to bed without dinner. Um, a fairy arrives as Ophelia's in the bath, um, and she tells it that she has the key. You know, go tell the fauna, go tell the faun that um, I have, I have his key. Um, Ophelia returns to the center of the labyrinth come nighttime. The pillar at its center, we get a good look at it this time. It's the king from the fairy tale with a little girl, and the fawn comes uh-huh. out of the shadows mm. and tells her that the little girl is her mm. but there's also a baby on this pillar as well yeah. and Ophelia asks who the baby is and the fawn just sort of avoids the question mm. he tells her to keep the key because she'll need it for her next task mm. and gives her a piece of chalk she needs to finish the next task bef- she needs to finish all of the tasks sorry before the moon is full mm. because that's when the portal will close forever um yeah, they only had, what, three days? Five days. Five, so something five like five days, days or something yeah. like that before the portal closes, before the moon closes the portal or something mm. like that. The noises the fawn makes when he's like, not when he's talking, just the general like noises he makes sound predatory. Mm. I think this is the first time I've ever like picked up on it. But like Ophelia goes back up the stairs and he sort of sits there and it sounds like a growl. Like a tiger growl or something like that. So again, like we're in two minds about whether this phone is like a force for good or not. Yeah. Because he and again we see him like snacking on jerky or meat or something like that yeah. a little oh. bit later as oh, well. Oh my gosh! Oh my so, gosh! I was like yelling at the TV. What are you eating? Because it, it's like a slice of meat. Yeah, and I was quite scared because um, coming into this film, I knew of this creature that eats children. Oh, yes. So I was trying to figure out... Oh Did you think it was the phone? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was him. Because I was like, there's no other creature that's come in the film yet. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, is it him? I was like, that's so scary. That would be such a good that's twist so at the end. That's so scary. Like, you're getting this kid who's the princess to, like, do all the tasks. I'm like, imagine if he eats her. It just like, it just ends, the movie ends with him just, eating her. Just, like, I was sacking it because he was eating this, like, beef jerky, like, slice of meat thing. And I'm like, what are you eating? I was literally screaming at the TV. Yeah. What are you eating? <laughs> and the fairy starts eating it too. I'm like, oh, what are you guys eating? <laughs> we cut back to Vidal, who opens the um, storage containers um, because people have arrived to collect their rations. The mm. people, people from the town have come up. Um, the, sol- the soldiers spend the entire time spouting anti-rebellion propaganda while they're doing it. Yep. This is bread. This is bread from our our government or whatever like that. Mm. You should be thankful for this bread. And he just continues to yell the entire time. Um, Ophelia, that morning, sneaks into the bathroom, ready to read the next page of the book to try and get her next task. But instead, the pages fill with blood. This mm, sort of inky mm. red blood spills across the page, um, page in the shape of the fallopian tubes Yeah, as well. Mm. And then it starts to trickle all the way down the page. Yeah. And then she heads back to the bedroom to find Carmen calling for her. And she's holding onto the edge of the bed and she's like bleeding. Bleeding. Very, 
And it, I was like, at this first time I watched this, I was like, oh my god, is she gonna have like a late stage miscarriage? Yeah, that's what I was. And then die in like yeah. labor to a dead baby, yeah. like oh my god. Because the way she was very sick. She was she, very sick. Even in these couple of days since they arrived at the mill, she's yeah. starting to look really Ew. pale, and yeah. her eyes are starting to get red. Yeah. And she's just looking. She looks wet all the time, like mm, sweaty. Sweating, yeah. Oh, she's just. Uh, Ophelia collects the captain from outside. Because I guess it's the only thing they sh- she can think to do. It kind of pissed me off, though, because, like, oh, but it's understandable because she's a kid. So, of course, she'd be very scared. But and she you, was just standing there and for she's, so long. I yeah. was like, get help already. She's just standing there. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Come on, go get some help. But it's, like, very understandable because she's, a, she's a, a child. And so you're just like, watching your mum bleed. Yeah, like, what would you do? What would you do? You'd freeze like, for at least, like, a couple of seconds because yeah. you'd be like, I, I, um, um, I don't know. I I'm don't like, know. What do I do? I'm yelling at the screen, like, fucking go get some help. Like, stop standing. You'd think she'd grab Mercedes, though. You'd think so. But, but Mercedes is also out there. Is she? I think she's helping distribute the rations. Oh, I don't know, yeah. So she ran out there. She's at the door and he's right there. Yeah, and the captain's right there. And she's already been told by her mother that he's looking after them. Mm. So I guess, you know, mother is God in the eyes of a child, you know. So, you know, you heed your mother's um, instructions. So going to get him and he was the first one she saw when she opened the door Mm. kind of makes sense, despite the fact that she knows he's a piece of shit. Mm. (laughs) Um, Dr. Ferrello and Ferrero and Vidal talk about Karma's status. Um, she'll have to be sedated most of the time now and is basically bedridden. bedridden. She can't yeah, leave. She can't leave. She's not well enough. Yeah. Um, Ophelia is moved to another room. Mm. It looks like it's in the attic or something like that. Yeah. Because it's got like a slanted roof. So I assume it's like the actual attic of the house. It's sort of a dark undecorated room it's isn't attic usually up the top though yeah it looks lower though oh it might be it looks like almost like a cellar like but it looks not pleasant no it looks like it'll be cold yeah it's undecorated like there's not even wallpaper on the walls or anything like that so it's a stark contrast it's like she's been outcast from her mother yeah um yeah uh mercedes confronts her Ophelia reveals that she knows uh, that Mercedes is helping the men in the woods. Mm. And there's this awkward silence for a couple of seconds where Mercedes just sits next to her and she's like, have you told anyone? And Mercedes and Ophelia's like, no, no, I haven't told anyone because I like you. You're kind. Mm. And it's really sweet. It's really, really sweet. Yeah, the relationship between them two is really, mm. like, it's genuine. It's so heartwarming. It's sentimental. Because Ophelia is so upset and Mercedes Mm. is the only one who will help. Yeah. So she lays down in her lap and uh, Mercedes hums her a lullaby because she can't remember the words. I love that little, just that tiny bit of detail Mm. makes it so much more personal. Mm. She's like, because Ophelia asks for a lullaby and she's like, oh, I I can, I only know one, but I can't remember the words. And Mm. she's like, oh, just sing it to me. And that it's the same lullaby that we heard at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. The, and it's them soothing each other. Mm. Like Mercedes knows that she can trust Ophelia to keep her secret. And Ophelia feels comforted mm. now that her mother can't do it. That night, uh, Mercedes heads downstairs, removes the tile from the kitchen, uh, from the kitchen floor and pulls a bag of supplies out, including like letters <laughs> and bits of food and stuff like that. Um, a figure enters, but it's the doctor. Mm. There's like a 
like millisecond where I was like, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. You see the like. You see like a hand, and... a, a silhouette, and like a white shirt <laughs> yeah. or something like that, and you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> But no, it's the Doctor. Um, the pair of them head out into the woods to meet with the rebels. Mm-hmm. They know if they get caught, they'll be killed outright. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. They'll just be shot dead. Mm-hmm. Um, we meet Pedro. The brother? Yeah, this is Mercedes' brother, mm-hmm. who's one of the rebel leaders. Yeah, because do you want to you figure out, like, what the relationship is between the rebels and, the, you know, her? Mm. Because you're wondering why she's helping them. What's the incentive there? Yeah, we already know. Well, I, I assume Mercedes has like a pretty good conscience anyway. Mm. But having the fact that she's got her sibling in, yeah, in the rebellion. It's just more personal. But we definitely know that the doctor's doing it because he's a good person. Yeah. Like he knows that all this war, all this torture, mm. all this depravity mm. is like wrong it's just wrong they're one of the two characters from the very beginning that you have a solid like knowledge of who they are who they are yeah from the rest of them you're like iffy Mm. like you don't know where they're gonna lead where they stand yeah but with those two they're very you're like these are good people yeah these are like they're selfless people Mm. they're gonna do what's right Mm -hmm. um we see Ophelia is woken by the fawn. Yeah, fuck, that was scary, bro. When he just sort of just eeks out of the shadows, like, he's yeah, like, hello, yeah. child. Like, <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, that part was so scary. Like, <laughs> he, he, there's literally no one there. No. So the way that it was filmed was so good. We get... I, I you think see it, nothing there, no. literally. We get the idea that he's sort of made of shadow yeah. or something, or can travel through the yeah. shadows. Because earlier in the movie, when he disappeared into the shadows, he just sort of crouched and then sort of melted into the yeah. shadow. Yeah. That's scary. But yeah, he just comes out and he's like, why haven't you completed the next task? Mm. And she explains that her mother is sick. Um, and he he gives her a mandrake root. This sort of baby looking... I don't I thought Radish. It, I thought it looked like, like a radish or a yeah, parsnip radish. or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Like radish. And she's in, um, Ophelia's instructed to put it in a bowl of milk yeah. and feed it a couple of drops, drops of her of blood. blood. And, put, uh, and it'll and make... Yeah, under under Carmen's under bed. Carmen bed, and it'll make Mother well again. Mm-hmm. Um, he also gifts her the fairies. He gives her the three fairies to help with the next task because he's like, it's a doozy. <laughs> but he's like very like protective over the fairies. Yeah, so he made it really like. You need to be, careful, need to be with careful with them. And he tells us some rules. Specific for... rules. Very, very specific. specific rules. Very specific. I'm like, even I knew watching it, I'm like, you better listen to these. He's like, very serious. Where you're heading, very. something is asleep. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you must resist the beautiful feast mm. and do not eat or drink a single mm. thing. No, and he's, he's like, nada. Yeah. Grande nada. Literally. <laughs> like, he, he says so many times. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> Don't yeah. touch it. Yep. Because her life depends on it. And I just... Uh, God. I'm like very specific. The man gave, not even the man, the, the creature. The, the magical creature. Gave you a very specific three rolls, three fucking rolls. Do not uh, touch it. You, you have to remember that she got sent away. With no dinner. With no dinner. Yeah, exactly. So that was going in my head. I'm like, we're fucked, bro. <laughs> I'm like, we're fucked because she didn't she's have so dinner. Fucked. She's fucking hungry. She's I'm hungry. Like, oh my God. I'm like, she's going to eat something. I just know it. <laughs> but I loved the way the chalk. 
That's so cool. That cho- yeah. yeah. Oh, that comes up sh- yeah very shortly. Yeah. Oh, I love very that entire good. scene. Yeah, that, that entire my sequence. Scene. We'll talk about when we get to it. That's my it. favorite. Yeah, yeah. So Mercedes, uh, Mercedes and Doctor Ferrero meet with the other rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, she hands out supplies. You know, tobacco, salt, mm-hmm. food the letters and stuff like that um the doctor meets with a sick man he's got some sort of infection in his leg it looks like he, he probably had an injury mm. and then it's got infected and now it's gangrenous um we also meet a stuttering rebel as well yeah um i don't know his name Neither. i don't think he has a name or maybe he does no, but it's he only... does because they say it when later on Oh, do they? Yeah. Um, he's reading the news about America and Brit- uh, American and British troops joining mm. the war or something like that. Or, like, they're successful in a fight somewhere, mm. something to do with World War Two. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor says there's no way to save the sick man's leg, so he amputates it. Oh, man. This is... Oh. This is gross. And the, the, the old man is so sweet. He's like, yeah. just like sat there and he's just like, uh, one moment, doctor. Mm. And just takes like a second to like appreciate the last moments of having that leg. Yeah. And then gives the doctor a nod. And you see that saw go in. Yeah. You, you see, see that first cut. You see the first cut. But I was like, because we saw the guy's head get smashed in. Mm. I was like, oh, is he really, is the director really going to take it there and like make us watch the guy's leg get amputated? But we only have to watch that brutality when it's video. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. So the doctor, even though it's like, and it's for good. Yeah, it was the one cut and then it just, that's what And then it cuts away. No blood. I don't think we see any blood. We just see that first cut and then we switch back to Ophelia. I was literally like, thank God. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything. I don't want to watch a man have his leg sword off. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, no. Um, Ophelia opens her book and the next chapter reveals itself. Mm. Um, It says to draw a door with the piece of chalk the Mm. fawn gave her. Um, start an hourglass when the door opens don't eat or drink anything Mm. and be back before the last grain of sand falls from the hourglass yeah those are those are our rules that's our task rules yes the key (laughs) that she has from the toad will open something yeah in in the the other world in the place yeah yeah so ophelia draws a door Mm -hmm. just a little square yeah and pushes it open Mm. this is gorgeous it's so good the way it's shot and yeah. just the idea and yeah. it really looks real it mm. looks fucking magical it looks really good i mean from what year did the movie come out 2006 2006 and mum well the first time i'm ever watching it and i watched it 2021 not 2023 what 2022 the fuck am i on god drugs yeah, I first watched it and it, the graphics and everything is really good. Mm. Like, it looks real. Like, holy sh- like holy shit. It looks shit. gorgeous. It looks so good. And she pushes open that. And it feels heavy as well when she's pushing. Mm. It feels like it's made of stone. Yeah. And she pushes open that little door and reveals a very long hallway. Mm. Um, she places a chair because there's quite a long drop yeah, down. Yes. So she places a chair and um, drops down to the hallway and turns the hourglass to start it. This whole scene is so good. This entire sequence it's is so amazing. Good. It's so good. She comes to a very large room mm-hmm. with a billowing fireplace in the background mm-hmm. and a very long dining table. What I love is the symbolism of this to the dinner scene. Yeah. This yeah. scene and who sat at the head of the table? Yeah. Vidal. Yeah. Vidal is the monster. Dad of, wow, yeah. <laughs> I we watched s- it twice. I didn't even think of that. 
that. I just love that scene so much. Because we get this, we get this long dining table, and a sat at the end is this thing. Yeah, it's very pale. Looks like a worm almost. It's Texture. like it looks like it used to be fat, mm-hmm. but now all of that fat's gone. So there's just all this extra skin. skin. Yeah, and it's got no face. It's got uh, two slits for a nose and yeah. a mouth. And a no mouth. eyes. No eyes. No space for eyes either. Yeah. It's not like there's sockets. There's nothing yeah. there, and it's got its palms face down on the table. A little little tea plate in front of it with two Too eyeballs, <laughs> two bright Too red. Eyeballs. So, so his hands are very long. They're very long and very spindly. Long, with spinny. Yeah. They look like claws. They look like claws, but it's, he doesn't have any fingernails or anything. No. It's all just one. Yeah, this whole sequence is just so good. I and it's it. it's motionless. It's, yep. it's yep. just sat perfectly still. So this is where my thing of the child eater thing goes out the window for the fawn. For the fawn, yeah. Because yeah. the, then the, you see the yeah. painting on the side. Yeah, we look around and there's yeah. several murals. There's not just one. No, there's like four several. or five. And then you, it pans to the shoes and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is what I've been hearing So describe about. these murals for, for our listeners. Describe these well, beautiful have watched, pictures. Have you watched like Attack on Titan? Like the anime, I've watched the like a season. So like in the illustrations and in the certain books, like the way you hear about like the historical thing of how the Titans like panned okay, in like the book form and like when Eden like finds out the history and stuff, mm. very similar. Like, like the illustrations and stuff, very similar to the um the murals and stuff on the wall. Right. Okay. Like the illustrations very remind <laughs> reminded me of Attack on Titan for some reason, and I was like, what the. Fuck. So it's very like specific. It's like there's there's, very there's one of the pale, the pale man like gutting a child. Yeah. There's another with like it stuffing a stuffing a child head first into yeah. its mouth. And then you just see him going ham on the kids. Like yeah, it's like a full illustration of how he eats the child or children. Yeah, like literally, there's literally. one one with the like with a machete through like yeah. what looks like a toddler. And I'm like, oh my fucking god! <laughs> and you're right. We we pan around and like we just see a pile of children's shoes. shoes. Yeah. So yeah, the camera just pans on that illustration for so long, and then it pans to the shoes, and you see the bloody creature, and you're like, ah. and it's a big heap of shoes. Yeah, like yeah. this is a lot of kids a worth of shoes. Kids. So I'm like, how? In my head, I was like, how the fuck is he getting all these kids though? Because I'm like, if, if it's from another world, you know. I don't know. One princess. I'm like, what? This, what? Maybe, maybe it used to go in and out through portal, through, through the other portals god. in the world. Oh my god! Yeah, I was just. And that's where we get some of the legends. I was from. pondering on that. I'm like, how did you get all these kids here? It lured them, or it it used to be able to get out, but now there's only one entrance and exit. Mm, could be, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Interesting don't know. to think. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking on like, because that. That it would explain it would explain why he looks so thin now because he hasn't eaten in such a long yeah, time. So if like over the centuries the portals are dying mm. and now there's only only one left, which mm. is where Ophelia is, maybe it just hasn't it had to like sleep maybe. in order to survive. Yeah. I don't know, yeah, because there were so many shoes. There were so many pairs of and shoes. And like it's yeah, fucking gross. <laughs> It doesn't come alive though, hey. Like, not yet, it's not very yet. Sleepy. It's, 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 sleep. it's hibernating or yeah, sleeping yeah. or in stasis or something like that. But Ophelia opens up the little basket that the phone gave her mm. to release the fairies. The fairies. the fairies go out. She looks around and sees three locks on the side of a wall. Mm. She takes out the key she got from the toad. Um, she tries it on one lock or she, no, she looks at it, doesn't she? And she goes, not that one. Mm. And she tries a different one. And inside she pulls out a dagger. Mm. A very, very shiny, 
what looks like a ritualistic dagger. Yeah. Like, it doesn't... It's big. Mm, it's quite big. For Ophelia, it's probably a sword. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. She's so small. She's so small. Um, she begins to leave, but then is drawn to the table. I love... Because at first I was like, you fucking idiot. Yeah. But you do hear this tiny, like... This tiny little musical note as she's walking. Mm-hmm. And it's like... There's a magical aspect to this food mm. that's sort of calling her back. Right. And I think because, like, she didn't have dinner, she was sent to bed without dinner, the hunger mixed with the magic was enough to lure her. Oh, right. And I knew she was going to eat it straight away. Oh, yeah. The minute the, minute the phone was like, don't, don't eat, eat anything, and you're like, oh, bitch is going to eat it. She's going to eat it. She got sent to bed without no dinner. She ain't eating that shit. But I was disappointed. She ate grapes. Like, what the fuck? There was so many. There was so much food there. Like, no, but this is the 1940s. Grapes is probably like a delicacy. Fucking, like, so much food there that she could have eaten. I was, like, thinking she would have gone for the bread or something. She goes for the grapes. And I'm like. So you're sad. They're like, where's the Pop-Tart? I'm like, what the fuck? Where's the KFC? Like, <laughs> Where's the gravy and coleslaw? So, she goes for the green grapes, and I'm like, I wonder ah. if the feast is like magically specific. Yeah, where's like, the? It's in Spain. Where's the tamales? Where's like you know, you know? Nah. Like, is it designed per child? So like, if you went into this room, it would be filled with like K fry and gravy. Yeah, you think so? I don't know. Because like, you walk in, you're like, oh, I am so fucked. Yeah, because if I sort of like, yeah, if I was a filly and I didn't eat dinner, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm craving K fry with mashed potatoes and K-fry. gravy. McDonald's or BK every like oh, just pizza hot my boxes. stomach would be like like growling for days so and her like I'm like grapes really I was like okay but yeah she stops she picks off a grape these grapes look fake as yeah, well they do but purposefully fake yeah. it's not like oh that's bad props mm. it looks sort of like too shiny it looks like the props department probably got grapes and like um, coated them in sugar or something to make them look sort of crystallized. Yeah, because it was quite shiny. Yeah. They were really shiny. But it reminded me of like when you go to like open homes or whatever like that and they've got like plastic fruit yeah, and fruit bowls and stuff the, like that. Yeah, it did. It looked like that. But I think it's it's definitely done on purpose because it's not like real stuff. <laughs> it's so funny because the fairy is the fairies are like stopping her. The fairies are trying to like she's they're like, like, no. She's like, no, I'm going to eat this grape. <laughs> she's like waving them away. Waving them away. Eats the one grape. Goes eats the one grape and you just see the pale man oh, twitch. Fucking twitch. His <laughs> fingers just, it's the fingers first that frighten me because his body's completely still and then you just see the fingers go. <laughs> yeah, but it has this like, dun, like, yeah. oh, suspense. Yeah, it gives you a violin yeah, sting. Yeah, it gives it you a dun. And I'm like, Ugh. and then it starts to move more, and then you get more violin. It's yeah, like, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, so she dun. goes up for like a second grape, and I'm like, for fuck's sake! And then as that's happening, she doesn't know that it's moving its hands. It's moving its hands. It turns its palms over, oh. and then we see holes in its hands, yeah. little eye sockets yeah. in its hands. It grabs the eyeballs from the plate in front of it and pushes them into the sockets mm-hmm. of its hands, and then puts the hands up to its face. Yeah, I love the splayed yeah. fingers as well. Yeah, it's so good. So it's looking out of its hands and sees her the pale man sees Ophelia mm. and the fairies immediately swarm over him to try and stop the pale man from getting to her that part was so cruel it it grabs, grabs two of the fairies out of the air and bites, bites them in half and you see the bl- like and the fairies are like screaming. screaming they're screaming and you see the the blood like dripping down the pale man's chin yeah but what is that it's like gooey oh like the sinew the yeah, like yeah so as he takes the bite you see the oh all the, the meat stretch thing the oh. meat stretching and snapping yeah. as yeah, he's biting yeah. it it was 
oh man oh. I knew straight away I was like oh my god the phone's gonna be fucking mad <laughs> he's gonna be so if she survives this bro he's gonna fucking turn because those were like his children those were so I knew straight away as soon as she was gonna eat it I was like bro if she survives this I wanted her to get killed <laughs> I wanted the pale man to eat her because she didn't listen. Because <laughs> she didn't listen. But it's magical fruit. I don't care. <laughs> I wanted her to die. I was like, yeah, she's dying. Let's go. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready for this. You got no sympathy for I this I was like, character. no, let's Mercedes is all on you. But this is definitely where the horror of this movie is. Between oh, between so this creature, this entire sequence, and Vidal, like, mm. that's our horror. Yeah, yeah. So we get... Um, Ophelia runs, obviously, <laughs> um, with one of the fairies. One of the fairies has managed to survive. Mm. Um, she makes it to the door just as the last grain falls and it actually closes. And the pale man rounds the corner. I hate this. It lifts up its hand to see her and squeals. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck this shit. I loved it so much. It's oh my so God. terrifying. Because I was like anticipating. I was like, wait, because he's quite slow. So she's running. Yeah. He's got like a bit of a twitch with his walk. I think it's because he hasn't moved in such a long time. Yeah, I really like He's not it. limber no, enough. yeah. It was but good. yeah, he sort of plods Pops, along. Yeah. But it feels like Terminator-esque. <laughs> like, it's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> um, she grabs the chair um, she stands on the, the tip of, like, the back of the chair mm. and draws a door on the, the ceiling, ceiling and pushes it open mm. and just manages to escape as the pale man's trying to grab at her legs. I wanted her... I wanted him to grab the leg and just, like, fuck oh. She runs around the side of the door and slams it shut. And you see, like, I love this, the, like, the glow of the room below mm. slowly fades from the corners of the door. Yeah. And now it's just boards and boards of the floor again. It's floorboards again. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's gorgeous. It's so good. What a great sequence. Um, the rebels walk the forest. Um, the doctor cleans his equipment. Um, the rebels are basically planning to kill Vidal. Mm. And the doctor's like, what's the point? They'll just send another one. Mm. It doesn't matter. Um, Mercedes gives them the key to the storage, um, to the storage shed. Yeah. Which she, she nice. snuck from... Oh, no, she didn't. No, she made a copy. She she, she a either copy. had a copy or she lied when she told Vidal that there was only yeah, one. Yeah, she would have lied because he still had the key. Mm. So she would have had another copy. She Yeah, she gives she gives her, um, Pedro, her brother, mm. a key to the storage yep. at the mill. Um, yeah, that's right. But is this a spare or a, uh, or a copy? Or mm. I assume it, she just lied to Vidal yeah. when he was like, is there only one? Yeah. And she said, yes, she, she lied, I assume. We see Vidal's morning routine again. But now the ticking of his pocket watch is really loud. Mm. And it sort of gives the idea that, like, his time's nearly up. Mm. Oh, that's what I got from it anyway. It's like... And he even looks at himself in the mirror and pretends to slit his throat. Yeah. And it's like... I was laughing. I was like, what the fuck? you're like, do it. Yeah. Fucking do it, you coward. You piece of shit. Just just kill yourself. Um, Carmen lies sick in bed. Ophelia places the, the mandrake root in milk in a bowl and puts it under the bed before adding a couple of drops of her blood. Um, the doctor and Vidal enter while she's under the bed, so she sort of just lies very still. Mm. Um, this mandrake root as well, kind of creepy. Yeah. Because she puts it in the milk and it starts like writhing and crying. Like a baby. Like a baby. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, oh, no, thank mm. you. No, ew. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Vidal makes it clear that if they have to choose between Carmen and the baby, save the baby. Mm. This is where we get that little that little snippet you were talking about. Mm. And the doctor sort of side eyes him. Yeah. But they're interrupted by explosions that come from somewhere in the forest. Um, so they leave and Ophelia gets out from under the bed and sweetly asks her brother not to to hurt her mother. Mm. She's like, please, if I, I, I only ask one thing of you. Please don't hurt her. Mm. It's so cute and so wholesome. Um, we see the ruins of an exploded train. Uh, Vidal and his men are investigating. Um, this is clearly the rebels doing, but um, the, the train operator says that they didn't actually take anything. Mm. They just, the, the train exploded, but they didn't take anything. Um, this is when we sort of realize it was a distraction because there's a second explosion coming back from the mill. Mm. Um, they, uh, Vidal rushes back and the contents of the storage room are gone. Um, but Vidal takes notice of the lock. He, ha- he looks at the padlock of the door and like even checks it. Like he snaps it shut and then opens it again. And he's like, hmm, they didn't break the lock. So he knows something's not quite right there. Mm. Um, soldiers follow the rebels up the hill in a, in a gunfight up the mountain. Um, the soldiers eventually win, killing all the rebels. Um, except when they're checking the bodies. I hate the brutality of this. Yeah. They're going through and like shooting, shooting, shooting all the corpses to make sure they don't get back up. They're just <clears throat> shooting them all in the head. And yeah. it's, brutal. it's brutal. They find one man who's been shot in the neck. Mm. Um, Vidal takes a look at the wound and asks the man if he can speak. The man tries to speak but can't, so Vidal just shoots him. This is like drawn out as well. Vidal like draws his gun on the man and the rebel like tries to swat it down. Yeah. And he does yeah. this like four, four times, times. Yeah. before the rebel is just shot through the hand into uh, the face. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, they find another man alive who's been shot in the leg. It's the stuttering rebel. Mm. So um, the the rebel is captured. Mercedes, hearing that one of the rebels has been captured, is sort of like frantic. She runs outside to investigate. Um, she tries to make an excuse to Vidal to try and get into the storeroom to see who it was. Um, but she gets a quick look in. She's rejected from going into the storeroom, but she gets a quick look and sees that it isn't her brother. She's still not happy about it because it's still one of the rebels and it's one of the nice ones that we know. Mm. Um, we see Mercedes takes good care. Um, mm. Yeah, Mercedes takes good care of Carmen and she's now starting to feel better. Mm. Like she takes food to her. Mm. Um, it's like a loaf of bread, some milk and stuff like that. And Carmen's like awake. She's feeling better. She's moving around. She even refuses the painkillers from the doctor. Mm. Dr. Ferrero's like, oh, yep, I'll just give you a half dose. And she's like, I don't think I need it. I think I'm okay. Mm. Which is lovely. Yay. Mandrake root for the win. Um, we see Vidal investigates... Uh, sorry, interrogates the rebel. Oh, so bad. I, I hated that. This scene is hard scene. to watch. Oh, it's hard for me to watch. Especially the whole, like, I won't, you know, I've got some tools mm. and we're going to work through this together. Mm. Because at first I'm not going to believe anything you say. Yeah. But when I use this and he holds up like a hammer, you know, I'll start to consider what you're saying. And then he goes through all his tools. Then we get to the last one, which looks like a fucking ice pick or something like that. Like a chiseled ice pick. And he's like, when I get to this one, I'll believe everything you say. 
It's disgusting. It's disgusting. But first, he wants to play with the poor guy yeah. because he's like, "I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll make you a deal. If you can count to three without stuttering, mm. I'll let you go." And the rebel's like, "You're full of shit." And he turns. Um, Vidal turns to his like second in command. He's like, "If I say this man can go free, will he go free?" And the 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 officer's like, "Yep. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. No one would. No one would question it." So he has a go. He, he gets through uno and dos without stuttering yep. and then hits the T for tres and can't get it out. And the like look of exhaustion and sadness on his face when he stutters on the T. Oh my God. I wanted to give this poor guy a fucking hug. Me too. Like Jesus. Um, and Vital just immediately smacks him across the face with the hammer. But it looked like they already bit him up before that. It's probably from the fight. Oh, it could be. Because he was bleeding. Yeah, he was already late. <laughs> but he looks worse later. <laughs> yeah, later he looks... God, poor, poor thing. Yeah. Ophelia wakes to find the fawn at the end of her bed. He's pleased until he finds out that <laughs> two of his fairies got killed. He's he like, goes, He's like, you did it. Congratulations. Shit on her. And she's oh like, yeah, God. about that. <laughs> he goes so ham on her. I, I may have fucked up a tiny bit. And she releases the last fairy, and the fairy tells the phone what she did. Yep, and he gets so mad. And he claims that she can never return. Mm. She can die just like the humans mm. do. And then he disappears into the shadows again. It's so sad. Because he was, he said she broke a rule. He kept saying that, like, you broke a rule. Yeah, Very you broke the rule. And if you were the true, true princess, princess, and if your spirit yeah. was intact, you wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. So he was so upset. He was he so went, angry. He was so brutal at her. And I was like, yeah, as you should. We see the doctor arrives um, at, Val, uh, at Vidal's um, at Vidal's interrogation. He's basically being called there mm. to stabilize the poor, the poor rebel who's been yeah. beaten. Yeah. He walks in to see that like the rebel's hand's been like smashed apart it looks like it's oh i don't know how to describe it like you've been smacked so many times between like your middle and your index finger that like your hand's split in half Mm. it's nasty and he's like he looks like an injured animal like he's he's hugging his poor arm to himself and while the doctor's inspecting inspecting the the rebel vidal takes a look at his like his, his bag because the bag's just out there in the open and sees the vials of antibiotics <laughs> takes one and goes off back to his office <sighs> um the rebels tell the rebel tells the doctor that he understandably broke mm. he told vidal everything um in the meantime, Vidal compares the vial that he just took from the doctor's bag to the one he found in the rebel camp and realizes that they match. Mm. And he calls he calls him a son of a bitch and then immediately like unholsters his gun. And you oh, what was your reaction to this? Because you like the doctor as a character. Yeah, I was I was quite sad. Like what happens later. Mm. But um he what is it? He gives the guy an injection. Yeah, the doctor injects the rebel with like I assume an overdose in like painkillers yeah. or something like that he says he'll take the pain away yeah. and like he has a moment's hesitation as well because he doesn't he really want to do it. it and then the rebel grabs his arm and pushes yeah. the needle in yeah. oh it's so sad because if he didn't do that he would have suffered even more being alive yeah. so he would have been alive yeah. and just tortured more it just shows how like sweet the doctor was 
like, as a character. As a character. Yeah, so like awesome. later on, <laughs> it was so brutal. Mm. I was like, oh no. So Vidal heads, um, is about to head back to um, the storage room where mm-hmm. the rebel and the doctor are, but here's a bang from upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Ophelia. Uh, she's under the bed. She's checking on the mandrake. Mm-hmm. Um, Vidal catches her, finds the mandrake root, and um, this is when Carmen's sort of um, pops up. And this is where we get the um, the separation between Carmen and Vidal is like definitely clear mm-hmm. because. Carmen tells him to leave mm. so she can deal with Ophelia. Mm. And he just he, he just agrees. He passively agrees, which is so weird. Mm. But I think it's because he doesn't see Ophelia as anything. Mm. So he just leaves. Yeah. Oh, and um, Carmen rips, rips poor Ophelia a new one, tells her that she needs to stop believing in fairies and all this nonsense. She rips the mandrake root out of the milk. I love that it's sort of grown roots around the bowl. It's so like... Oh, she, cool. she chucks it in there. Yeah, she takes oh. it and tells her, tells her she needs to stop believing in fairy tale. That's right, I forgot. And chucks the mandrake root I into thought, the fire. Yeah, I, I initially thought it was the guy. And the mandrake root, like, squeals. squeals. It squeals and, like, curls oh, up. It squeals in the fire. Yeah, and Carmen immediately collapses. Yeah, I was like, fuck. You're like, shit. Vidal sees the dead rebel mm. and um, back at the storage room and confronts the doctor. And he he asks him, like, point blank, why won't you obey me? Mm. And the doctor, I love, this is, like, probably one of the best lines in the movie. The doctor just says, to obey just for the sake of obeying without question. That's something only people like you can do, mm. Captain. Mm. And then he packs up his bag. He knows. I reckon, yeah. he knows. I, yeah. He knows he's about to die. Oh. But he does it, he does it with such, like, elegance mm. and, like, grace he walks out he starts walking away the rain has started pouring down Vidal pulls out his gun and just shoots the doctor as he's walking away and the doctor drops his bag takes a couple more steps takes off his glasses and then just collapses in the mud yeah it's so sad for like one of this movie's like most wholesome characters (laughs) and it's so unusual to have like an adult character who's this yeah like virtuous Mm. but he is Oh, it was so like sad <laughs> to see, oh, so to see that character die as well. Yeah, I was oh. like, uh, Carmen has gone into labor. Mm. We see the sheets are covered in blood. blood. There's like um, the 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 various housekeepers mm. or or nurses or cooks or whatever like that are like carrying bundles of sheets and they're soaked in mm. blood. Um, the baby is born. But Carmen has died in the process. Mm. Um, Carmen is buried. They have a small funeral outside. Uh, as Mercedes looks after F- Ophelia, uh, Vidal is only interested in his son. He's like cradling his son at the funeral and everything like that. While uh, while Ophelia is being cradled by Mercedes. Mm. Um, Ophelia takes um, is basically packing up the bedroom and takes the vial of Carmen's medicine as well. Um, Vidal asks Mercedes about a possible mole in the mill. Mm. Um, this is a very, very intense scene. He, like, tells her to have a seat, pours them both a a drink. He does his shot and says, like, I think we might have a mole here. What do you think? And then he asks her to get something from the storeroom or something like that. And she gets up and starts to walk away. And he's like, (laughs) didn't you forget something? (laughs) 
And he like he holds up the key he's and he's like, like, "Don't you need this?" Yeah, I do have the only key though. And yeah, he's like, "I do have the only key, don't I?" And you're just like, <laughs> "Mercedes, get out!" <laughs> oh, I really thought something was going to happen right there, but you, you reckon yeah. she was about to be killed as yeah, well? Yeah, I reckon. Because this movie's not throwing punches; like, no, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's like as soon as it happens something like a little thing you know they're going to be dead straight away yeah but with her it was quite different yeah nothing happened because I, d- I don't think he's sure mm. he's not certain yeah but you know mercedes isn't taking any chances she immediately packs up her things and gets ready to leave mm. she goes up to say goodbye to ophelia and ophelia begs her to take her with mm. her she's like please please don't leave me here so mercedes does um ends up taking her with her they head up the mountain up the stream and like they hear something and I love this shot because it's like you get a shot of them and they're like the two of them carrying under an umbrella a black umbrella and then as she turns and the umbrella like reveals what's behind them it's Vidal and his men Mm. and you're like oh fuck me (laughs) Um, it was a trap yeah it was so Vidal knew that she was working with rebels Um, Ophelia is slapped Vidal like fucking slaps the shit out of her yeah and he's like how long did you know yeah why didn't you tell me and all this stuff like that before locking her inside her bedroom with a guard and instructs the guard that if anyone comes for her shoot her first Mm. and I'm like fuck you yeah so now like Ophelia is like fucking going through the motions like she just lost her mom she like failed the quest yeah she failed she's her... like so down man she's yeah. like oh. she failed her fantasy quest Literally. she <laughs> yeah, her she mum died, died. Just... she's suspected to be a rebel um cohort or whatever yeah. like that she's stuck in a room she's just down in the dump she's not having a good time she's gone yeah um, we see Mercedes being tied up in the storeroom, the exact yeah. same place where the stuttering rebel was brutally tortured and murdered. Yeah, but that's how you know the captain's done it so many times because he he's got says, a he's got a routine. He's got a routine because he says the same shit that he said to. Yep, the, um, he gives exactly exact same speech with the yeah, no, equipment. When I use this mm. one. I was like, oh, he's done this many times. Yeah. And it's so, it plays so well into his character because of, you know, we've seen the morning routine so many times yeah. and now we're seeing the more brutal routine. Yeah. So it's just like he's, what is it called? Ex- when it comes to violence, he's just... He's numb. Numb to it. And yeah. He's got to be a sociopath or something, yeah, right? Because just... Egotistical sociopath. Yeah. Like all he wants is for his legacy to continue. Mm. To have a son who'll be just like him, just mm. like he was like his father. Yeah. And he's not afraid to beat, cut, stab, gun down anyone yeah. to get it. And I was like, first time I watched this, I was like, please don't. Please, I love Mercedes so much. Yeah, yeah, please. Same. same. <laughs> um, I was like, I already saw the doctor dying. Yeah, we just had the doctor dying and he was lovely. But we have um, the, I love, this is where we get um, Vidal's sexism because he sends away his officers and the other guards. Mm. And he's like, oh, don't, don't you want a guard? And he's like, please, she's a woman. Mm. <laughs> like, what's she going to do? Yeah, um, so the, the guard and his like second in command all leave. Um, and yeah, this is where he starts his spiel. He turns around and starts talking about his different tools. When I use this one, I won't believe you. When it's this one, it's like, I'm your brother. When it's this one, I'll definitely believe everything mm. you say. <laughs> but in the meantime, Mercedes has taken that knife that she keeps rolled up in her apron I love this because we're shown this knife like four or five times throughout this movie mm. and it seems like nothing. Yeah. 
It's just a tool she uses in her everyday work mm. that she keeps on her. But now she unrolls it from her apron and cuts herself free, sneaks up behind Vidal and stabs him in the back. Mm. He turns around, she stabs him in the chest before putting the knife in his mouth. And I'm like, fucking boss ass bitch. Yeah, yeah. Like, you want a horror movie, like, heroine? Mm. Here she is. Mm. You want your Ellen Ripley? You want examples of, like, modern day versions yeah. of Ellen Ripley? Yeah. It's Mercedes. It was good. It was and she good. even taunts him. Yeah. She's like, she's like, that's how I got away with it, you know? Mm. Because you thought I was just a woman. Mm. And then she runs the knife up his face mm. and slashes open his cheek. <laughs> That's disgusting. That, I love that part. I love it because oh, she's a boss ass yeah. bitch. But when you actually see the wound, I'm like, no, 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 no. I was like, oh my God, joker. She leaves calmly. Mm. She very calmly walks away and makes her way, starts making her way to the forest. Yeah. She's eventually, one of those soldiers catches on and they start chasing her up the mountain. She, they chase her on horseback and she's eventually surrounded and the, the, Vidal's second-in-command is like, just come back. You're, it'll be easier if you just come back with mm. us. And she draws the knife on herself. Mm. This is... Again, I was like, please don't. <laughs> like, I love you. <laughs> she's yeah. like, she's like, I'd rather die. Yeah. And just as she's about to do it, one of the, one of the soldiers on horseback is shot. Mm. And it's Pedro and the, um, the other rebels. The rebels. Mm. They've shot all the horsemen dead. And they've rescued her. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, this entire section, my heart was like racing. I don't know about you. I was just like, run, run, run. Get out, get out. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like that. But then I was also like, she should have killed him. Because he'll come back. Mm. The, the officer. Oh, Vidal. Vidal, like, the I'm captain. Like, she she should have killed him. Because he's going to come back now. It's that horror movie thing where you're like, in the head. Yeah. Always in the head. Uh, I was like, I was like, good, but pa- good part. You stabbed him in certain, you know. Yeah, right in the back. And it feels like when she stabbed him in, in the front, it feels like she was aiming for his heart. Yeah. Like, it's around that area. Yeah. If she's like, not to sound like a psychopath, but if she stabbed her a bit deeper, mm. it would have. But her knife's only small. Yeah. I think it's only meant for, like, cutting vegetables yeah. and peanut potatoes, that was, sort of stuff. <laughs> it was good that she stabbed him up, but I really wanted her to kill I, him. I don't know. Part of me is thinking that she'd want also just wanted him to suffer mm. Mm. for what for what because she also thinks she also thought that pedro was dead because the soldiers talk yeah. about how they wiped out the group yeah. of rebels yeah so she already thinks that her brother might be dead because mm. because uh, the look on look of relief when she and pedro hug mm. when she's rescued on the mountain yeah uh, we all initially like thought they were all dead yeah. So when they all came back, you're like, oh. You're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was your, your family's reaction to this? Because you watched it with, was it just your brother or your whole family? Um, My brother and my two sisters. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, some, some of them fell asleep. But my little sister and my brother were up for that part. Mm. And they were kind of, I mean, my sister watched it like throughout with me. And she was just watching me and laughing at my reaction. Oh, because really? I... I grew up watching, like, this movie, Blood and Blood Out. Okay. And in that movie, it's quite specific on the pinpoints of, like, where you stab the person for instant kill. Oh, okay. So in the movie, when she's doing this part, I'm like, yeah, if you hit him at that certain point. <laughs> I'm like, if you hit him right there, we, like, if she hits him there. Before she was, like, she was tied up. And I was like, if you hit him at this certain point, he'll be instant kill. I'm like, yeah. If she goes there, we're done. We're good. 
So yeah. when she stabs him in the back, then slices his shoulder almost. Yeah. And then she gets to the point where I'm like, yeah, instant kill there. But she just does it like one. I'm like, fuck, he's still alive. Yeah. So my sister was more laughing at my reaction to the movie. <laughs> she was, they were watching me more yeah. than the movie because my initial form, I'm like, yeah, if she gets her there, da da. You're like, yeah, stab, yeah. Him. stab him in the face. Kill, kill, instant kill. He's fucking still alive. And I was like, shit. <laughs> But no, it was like good. They really liked it. But um, they need to watch it again thoroughly. Mm. Yeah, because they were more. My little sister was watching me more. <laughs> yeah, like, and now like, they're gonna go watch okay? the movie. And go, oh yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah, are you okay? <laughs> but no, yeah. We switch back to Ophelia now, who's visited by the fairy and mm. the fawn. The fawn um, sort of. Uh, I don't know. He does this thing where he sort of drifts out of the shadows. Mm. It's not like he walks. Because he's got such a sturdy walk. It's mm. more like he drifts. Yeah. Um, who gives? Who says he'll give her one more chance. She must take her brother and the dagger to the centre of the labyrinth. Mm. No more questions. Mm. You must do what I say. Are you going to do it? And she says, yes. Mm. She says, yep, she'll do it. Vidal stitches his cheek shut. That's our next scene. This, again, so drawn out. Like the needle into his, into his, like into his lip and then up through the bottom, the top cheek and then pulling it and you're like Ugh. yeah it's disgusting I like, liked it I thought he would have left it you know for like a mark he'll still get a scar for yeah. sure but I guess he doesn't, doesn't want the open wound <laughs> should have left it open <laughs> um, Ophelia having used the chalk the, fo- the phone sort of um, hints that she can use the chalk to get out but she, she does because now Ophelia is in Vidal's office hiding under mm. the desk while he's stitching his face shut um, but do you think that he would have given her a second chance if the mum was still alive I don't know because that's what i was thinking about i was like is that the only reason why she's got a second chance because like how you know he lost the the fairies the fairies and then now she's lost her mother oh do you reckon it's like um the debt is paid kind of thing maybe because i was like thinking about that i was like is that the only reason why she's got a second chance because she technically she killed a lot from their world like the baby thing Mm, that was the from, man, mandrake root. That was from the, the other world. So that's dead. And then the mum dying. I was like, is that why she's got a second chance? Or just I reckon reading too into it. Maybe it was like just a fit of rage on the phone's part. Mm. You know, he was so mad about it. He's like, no, no, absolutely fucking not. You are a stupid girl. You can, so you can be mortal mad. and die. He's and so then he went home. And then he went home and was just like, maybe I was a little too <laughs> mad. <laughs> and then came back and was like, I'll give you one more chance. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, okay. I love Vidal because he finishes stitching up his cheek and then puts like a band-aid on it and mm. then takes a swig of um, whiskey. whiskey or tequila or bourbon mm. or something like that and then immediately winces and you actually see, see all blood. you see the blood and all the liquid yeah. coming through his bandage. Yeah. Oh, what a cool effect. Ugh, Loved it. I mean, it's disgusting. disgusting. And you can almost feel it. I don't know if you've ever had like a cut in your mouth and then eaten something salty. Yeah. And it stings. It stings. It burns. It burns. Uh, but Vidal is called away to, um, basically because the rebels have started attacking. Mm. Or they're, they're, they've heard of a rebel attack that's, mm. like, imminent. Um, Ophelia takes her brother and spikes the captain's drink with um, Carmen's... The medicine. The medicine. The, the, yeah. the medicine that makes you sleepy. Yep. Yep. 
So that's why it was really important. Mm. That's why the camera was always going towards that, the specific medicine all the time. Yeah. Uh, Vidal returns to his office, knowing that, the, knowing that the rebel attack is basically coming. He has his drink. Mm. As an explosion happens outside, he turns and spots Ophelia <laughs> holding the, the baby. baby. Oh. oh. But the medicine hits him. He takes, like, a step forward and sort of, like, sways. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So whatever it is, it must be strong. It must be because well, how many drips was the mum taking? Only a couple. Two, I think. Two, yeah. But, but a fe- feeler like filled his cup. Five, six drops. She's just like an entire yeah. like squeegee thing. Oh, so funny. What are those little dropper things? Like it. Yeah, it's like you, when you use the like know, eye droppers eye or something. And stuff. Yeah, it was like that, and yeah. she just like empties it into his glass. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Ophelia flees to the ruins of the labyrinth. Vidal follows, though sort of drugged and mm. shaky and wobbly. Mm. Um, Mercedes arrives in Ophelia's room and realizes she's not there. Mm. This is heartbreaking. She's got like a band of. She's brought a band of rebels with her to save to save Ophelia. Yep, and she's not in the bedroom. Yep. Oh, my heart broke a little. Because <laughs> I was like, you could have been saved. Yeah. Um, Ophelia navigates the labyrinth and the paths open for her as she moves through it and close behind her as Vidal, um, as Vidal approaches. Mm. He never sees this stuff. Mm. It's always when he's around the corner. Mm. Which I've got a question for the end of the movie that I'm, I'm, I'm going to ponder to you. Okay. But... Um, yeah, so this is happening. She's eventually finds her way. Um, he has to take different routes because it's opening and closing behind her. Mm-hmm. Ophelia makes it to the center of the labyrinth. The phone calls her over yeah. and says that they're going to open the portal with the moonlight and just a couple of drops of her brother's blood. The portal will open and they can go home and she can be the princess of the underworld mm-hmm. again. But she refuses. Piss me off. Really? She doesn't listen again. I don't know. I You're th- not killing the baby. She, you know, he, he specifically says he's not, not killing, killing. Just a couple of drops. drops. Yeah. But she refuses because she, it's like the last part of her mother. Yeah. But <laughs> and she's just like, no, no, I promised I wouldn't let anything hurt him. Ugh. Uh, it's, it's so sweet though. It's sweet, but it was quite frustrating because I'm like, he's not killing the baby. Drops just, the just a couple of drops. Couple of drops. Vidal makes it to the center of the labyrinth. Cannot see, he can't see the phone. No, yeah, he looks like he, she's talking. She's to talking herself. herself. <laughs> the phone um, basically accepts her decision mm. and leaves her to her fate. But it's quite beautiful that part though, because you actually, as an audience, get to see the phone really in like a sunlight type of mm. thing in the like in the bright light, in the bright light. Because usually we see him in the shadows. So and you get to see the beautiful design. Yeah, the design, the proper design. Gorgeous, yeah. so, so well designed. So just as the phone the phone leaves, Vidal grabs Ophelia, takes the baby off her, and just shoots her. Yeah. There's no like talking, no. there's no pomp and circumstance, yeah. there's nothing. He just takes the baby, bang, yeah. shoots Ophelia. Fuck. You don't know where he shot her, you just hear You just hear the bang just and she just sort of she just jolts. She jolts yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Like my heart fucking broke. I was like, all that for fucking nothing. <laughs> Did you, like, were you hurt by this? Like, when the, when the gunshot happens, were you just like, oh, fuck, shit? No, nah, not really. No? No, because she was annoying me throughout the movie. This is where, like, that I start was, tearing up. Really? Yeah. I because was... she turns around and the look on her face and she, like, touches her stomach and then she brings the oh, hand up and you right. see it's just covered in blood. And yeah. you're like, oh, my God. I didn't get like that then. I got there when 
later on when Mercedes enters. Oh, okay. I called Terry there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she. Yeah, I was like, ha ha ha. That's what happened. <laughs> no, at this point, I was like wrecked between like. <laughs> The like fear that Mercedes is gonna die, oh. and then Ophelia just getting unceremoniously yeah, 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 shot yeah. dead. Yep, yep. Because he literally just shoots her and leaves. <laughs> yeah, he just shoots her. He's like, "Don't want you." Bang. Yeah, bang. Takes the baby and starts yeah, leaving. She turns around, looks at the blood on her hand, and she just falls. Falls. Yeah. Drops. And it it mirrors the like opening shot of the movie mm, where mm. she's lying with her hand sort of lulling over yep. the the, the staircase, yep. the staircase that leads down to where the the phone lives. Mm. Um, Vidal leaves the labyrinth, um, but is met by Mercedes and the rebels. Yes. Um, he gives the baby to them. I think this is like knowing his time is up. He doesn't try and like, he's like, okay, you win. Mm. Take, take the baby. Mm. Take my spawn. (laughs) (laughs) But he has one final request. Tell my son... Tell him what time his father died. Yeah, Tell him that I, a Mercedes, no. stops him and is just like, no. no. Boom. <laughs> She's like, she says, no, he won't yeah. even know your name. Yeah. And then, and then Pedro shoots him through the Boom. face. Yeah. But the, like, we get a tiny split second to look at Vidal's reaction yeah. to Mercedes yeah. saying, no, he won't even know your name. Yeah. The, like, oh, just the, the, I don't want to say heartbreak because he doesn't really have a heart. Yeah. The, like, disappointment Mm. or like the realization that he's fucked things up so much that he doesn't have a legacy yeah yeah and that he doesn't have a last wish yeah type thing and pedro just shoots him through the (laughs) face he's because he's shot through the eye Mm. the eye sort of rolls Rolls back back. yeah and he reaches up to touch it and then falls dead yeah i know oh wow (laughs) the deaths in this are like brutal Brutal, yeah fucking brutal i thought he would like fucking get shot like through the head but yeah and then just collapse yeah i wasn't expecting the eye to like full-on turn like it's like it broke the the like the nerves that hold the eye in place and then the eye just rolls back (laughs) and then he just falls dead and you're just like oh shit (laughs) he was like oh my god That was so funny because the way that it was abrupt, eh? He yeah. He's trying to be like... I know, he's trying to give this, like, inspirational this speech, inspiration, like, tell my son. Tell my son. And then, like, Mercedes just cuts him off. He won't even know your name. She's deadpan as well. Yeah. She's like, no. No. He won't even know your name. Boom. <laughs> Literally straight away. Boom. Such so a good. satisfying end. Yeah, yeah. It's, quick, it's quick. Which usually when a villain dies quickly, you're like, oh, they deserve yeah, to yeah. suffer more. Yeah. But it's so satisfying having mm. his dreams crushed. Yeah. <laughs> Because you see it throughout the film, you think he thinks he knows everything, and everything goes his way. Yes, the way he died, it was actually good to see his last moment, not the way he wanted it to be. Exactly. So he expected to die in battle, but to leave a legacy. Yeah, yeah. And Mercedes is fucking not having it. You thought, you know, the story about your pocket watch not being true. Well, now it's not true because you don't get to live that. You don't get to pass the pocket watch along. Yeah, your son doesn't get to live that. Sorry. Mercedes and uh, Mercedes and the rebels make their way through the labyrinth and find Ophelia dying at the center. Mm. She's um, basically just bleeding to death. Yeah, uh, I already thought she was dead, but she wasn't. She was you can, I thought she was dead as well, yeah, but you can yeah, just, just see her breathing, breathing. just a tiny, tiny yeah. bit. Uh, Mercedes cries over Ophelia's body mm. um, as drops of Ophelia's blood from mm. the end of her fingertips drop from down to the, the statue. Yep. Yeah. The like little indents in the in the floor around the statue mm-hmm. at the bottom of the staircase. Uh, Mercedes cries, 
Like, she... It's heartbreaking. I think I love Mercedes too much. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. She is. She's She's so... Such a great character. Yeah. Um, Mercedes cries and hums hums the the lullaby. lullaby. Yeah, that's what gets you. To soothe. It's really sad. Basically to soothe Ophelia into her, like, death. Yeah, well, she's t- she's um she's not sobbing, sobbing just yet. No, she's, she's just crying, crying and like humming and yeah, comfort because she's doing it for Ophelia. Yeah, yeah. it's that selflessness yeah. again. Yeah, she's comforting the dying child before <laughs> she grieves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, as this is happening, Ophelia, we see a white white yellow light, mm. and Ophelia arrives at the underworld where mm. she's greeted by um her father who's mm. now who is the king of the underworld yep. but i assume it's the father that she knew before he died yep and also carmen and the baby and the baby mm-hmm. who is now the queen of the underworld mm-hmm. and the fairies and the fawn mm. also are there as well mm. um they tell her that she chose well in refusing to hurt her brother mm. um she has earned her place as princess of the underworld so i reckon that was the final test mm. was whether or not she would like hurt an innocent Right. Because mortal mortal men are like selfish and mm. stuff like that as as um you know, embodied by Vidal throughout this movie. Mm. So the actual test was whether or not her soul was mortal is whether or not she's selfless yeah. or selfish. Yeah. And she chose to be selfless. Mm. Which I think is the final I interpreted it as that was the final test. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. To prove that her soul was as pure as the Princess Moana's was. Right. That's how I interpreted it. But other people, yeah, each their own. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ophelia at the center of the labyrinth um, smiles as she dies. Mm. She has like the tiniest little smile on her face as she stops breathing. Mm. And this is where Mercedes breaks, breaks down. She yeah. wails. She wails. And, and yeah. the music that plays over this mm. as well. I'm such an um, an audio person. Mm. The music in this, oh my god, the sort of fantastical but melancholy with Mercedes wailing over the top of it over mm. Ophelia's body. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Mm. And we get a voiceover again, and um, it's the phone telling us the end of the fairy tale. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it is said the princess returned to her father's kingdom, that she reigned there with justice and a kind heart for many centuries, that she was loved by her people, and that she left behind small traces of her time upon the earth. Mm. And we see the dead tree where the toad was um, sapping mm. life. Um, now it's in bloom. There's a small bud on the end of the tree. And then the voiceover continues, visible only to those who knew where to look. Mm. And the, we get the final shot of that little bud blooming on the tree as one of the fairies, now back in bug form, crawls up the branch. Mm. And that's the end of our movie. That's how our movie ends. Yay! Yay! What a beautiful movie. So give me your rundown for this movie. What did you think of, like, the characters, the script, the costume, the design? Just give me a rundown of your overall thoughts for this movie. Um, overall, it's like a solid, like, eight and a half out of ten for me personally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. Costuming, ten out of ten. Um, storyline, oh, ten out of ten. The phone, the, the pale phone, man. The pale man, costuming, like, everything was really well done. Um, yeah, just for me, I thought, oh, overall, the movie in general really, like, all 
linked together with mm. the story. It everything, all, everything was like important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but came like, together. When you first watch it, it kind of pissed me off that we were getting like glimpses of the Captain Moore. Mm. As I said before, that's the only thing that really pissed me off. Too much of the too cap- much of too much Captain Vidal. No, not not as much as like Ophelia and the fawn and the the magical magical aspects, aspects of because mm. the, the you know the fairy tale. I was expecting that's what I was expecting when I first watched it, but um no nah, yeah it's, it's really good. Though. It's like mostly a war story. Yeah, mostly a war story. I was expecting when you initially when you see. Because I watched the trailer first, mm. and then I um, was just reading up on some of it, and it said fantasy horror. So I thought there would be more fantasy aspects to it, but mm. it was, it's like a war film. And then certain little... With little fantasy, like, scenes. Yeah, yeah. So it... But those fantasy scenes are so, so good. good. <laughs> so, like, so, so amazing. Yeah. My expectations were a bit different. My question is, is any of the fantasy real? Oh, that's my question I have for this oh. movie that I wanted to ponder to you. Right. Is it just her imagination and a way of escaping the situation she's yeah. in? Or is it real? Uh, I don't know. Because that's that's what I was thinking, especially with you said, you know, why does the phone return? Yeah. Maybe it's because her mother died. Is that the trauma? Yeah. The trauma of her losing her mother makes her play into the fantasy again. Yeah. God, I have no idea. Because we see, we know Vidal can't see the form. Yeah, we knew that as soon as you know, she started talking to herself. So, yeah. Oh my God, I so don't know. is it actually real? Is that last vision at the end where she sees her mother, her father, and her baby brother in the underworld, is that just a dying vision? <sighs> Something to give her her mind, giving her body comfort that's, before she dies. That's tough. Like, <laughs> it's a rough question. That is tough. Um, okay, I'm just gonna go and say it's real. I feel like it's real. I but don't then know. I also don't it's up know. for interpretation. It is like because if you think about it, like if you were a kid, that does seem real. And the mother and even then, mentions that she doesn't understand her obsession with fairy tales. Uh, uh, but then like the labyrinth being real and then also mm. like, you know, um, yeah. Mercedes. But is she fi- is she is she making the fairy tale fit her circumstance? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's some there's some rocks with some weird carvings right oh, outside the mill. Actually. Oh, now it's a labyrinth yeah. and inside is a fawn and fairies and they the tell thing- me there's a way to escape mm. this war. Because mm. if you go back and like Mercedes is talking about, you know, the time, like her mom knew about fawns and fairies and all that, historically in that, you know, in that sense, it mm. makes it look like it's real. But then, yeah, with the sense of, you know, her mom going through all that and then just escaping reality. Yeah. And like just because it's too hard. Trauma and stuff. And dealing yeah. with, I mean, dealing with Vidal, we'd yeah, all need like yeah. a fantasy you world to, to escape, escape to. The, yeah, you need to escape the reality. I don't know. It's like both sides are quite... So that's, that's my... No, yeah, that's a tough That's a little bit to just, like, tick in your head yeah. when you're, like, driving home or, like, yeah. when you think of this movie again. Like, yeah. oh, if you watch it again at some point, just be like, is it real? Yeah, is it real? I'm not sure. I never thought of it like that because mm. the ending was quite satisfying, you know? Yeah, it's got a very yeah. satisfying ending. It's got a very satisfying villain kill. Mm. It's got a very satisfying 
just story in general, it's really well paced. Yeah, it is. Just when you're having too much of the war, you get some fantasy. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. That question. <sighs> For me, this movie is a 10 out of 10. Mm. Like, I can watch this at any time and I will always love it. Mm. The design is beautiful. It's dark fantasy, which is like my jam. Mm -mm. Anything that's like brutal but fantastical, Mm. I'm there. And this movie just does it for me at all Well, first first watching it was an 8.5. But then when you watched it the second time and kind of like unpack it a bit, it's mm. like a 9 out of 10 for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's and a good film. Like, I've it seen is. this movie maybe five or six times now, yeah. and I just love it. Every time I watch it, I notice something different. Like, I'd never thought about the pale man at the end of the table mirroring Vidal yeah, at the yeah. at the head of the table. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that until I watched it this time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a good that line. mirrors it. Yeah, it's a good thing. And the empty chairs, like, representing the people who aren't there for her. Mm-hmm. Even her mother isn't there for her. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's a, t- it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I just love it in every way, shape, and form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we like to give credit where credit's due here. So there's a particular actor or character you'd like to give credit to. Someone who, like, like every time they're on screen or just their performance was just outstanding for you. Um, uh, the fawn. The phone. And the pale man. Yeah. Played by the same person. Played by the same person. D- Doug Bradley? No. No, Bradley's pinhead. Oh Douglas... God. Doug Adams. No. Is it Doug Adams? Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Oh, yeah. that's close. Doug Jones and um, Mercedes. Oh. For me. Yeah. This, this entire. Man in the form. Yeah. I really enjoyed it's it. It's the body work. It's the body work. And then the... also, like, credit to the voice actor if it is dubbed over mm. of the... Of the form. Of the form. That as well. Yeah, his voice is like deep yeah. and bellowy and almost frightening. Almost frightening, but it's like you get used to it. Yeah. And you like get drawn to the character that like maybe he's not bad. And just the body work as well, like the yeah. way the fawn moves, the way really? the pale man mm-hmm. moves. I loved both. It's gorgeous. really stood out for me in the movie. I also wanted to give credit to Ivana Biagro. Mm. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. Um, No, Ophelia. Oh, Ophelia. For a child actor to pull off a movie like this? Yeah, yeah. Like, damn. Mm. It's amazing. The Mm. performance is just fantastic. Mm. But yes, also, the entire cast. Mm. Everyone. From from villains to heroes to monsters. Everyone deserves credit. The design team, especially. The crew. The cast. Everyone. I really enjoyed it. Like, um, it was my first... Spanish film that mm. I watched in its native language. Yeah. So it was really interesting. It had your brain working on everything. Like, you have to read yeah. the subtitle, you have to Well, you, the you're story. used to watching, like, anime and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I'm like... That's why I was like, subtitle film chess, you'll be fine. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm down for it. But, like, oh, it had your brain working, eh? Mm. It's interesting. It's, it's almost really like reading a book and watching a movie yeah, at the yeah. same time. It was very interesting. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Chelsea. This no concludes um, Pan's Labyrinth 2006. I'll hope you, I hope you come back for another episode at some point. Mm, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the meantime, thank you everyone so much for listening. Um, goodbye. Bye. Thanks again to our guests and thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really does help people find the podcast. And remember, you can get in on the discussion by sending us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. Okay, I'll let you go. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the monsters bite.